Air, swatting's for everyone. You write that shit down. Swatting's for all. There's your next rabbit troop suck shirt. Swatting's, swatting's for, for all. Swatting's for all. Yeah. Christmas swatting. Well, that probably brings us back to a good, grand old place. Welcome back to Rabbit Troop Sucks. And you're on a very, 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 very special holiday edition. We are covering, thank God, Colin, we are covering Home Alone 2, Lost in New York from 1992. I never really thought this day would come. Uh, I'll just go to quick introductions, etc. Uh, we are a podcast about obscure, forgotten about, and often overlooked films. And I think a lot of people are going to immediately assume, how does any of this fit the bill? And Colin uh, opened the door for us. And I'm not making fun of Colin by any means. Colin had not seen this film. And that opened the door that this has been an overlooked film for Colin and a holiday tradition for, I know me, Lamar, and Mike. Yeah. As always, I am your host, Paul. Next to me is our co-host, Mike. Hello. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I keep saying it in that weird. <laughs> um, I, I'm going to do a remix. Um, <laughs> Col- Colin's next to Mike. Hey. We, we got we got Ger- we got Jeremy, like a normal person, <laughs> Moshi Moshi, and we got Lamar. What's up? Hi, hi. What's hi. up? You know, uh, I was doing some counting, and Lamar and I were talking about this earlier. I think this might be year nineteen of the three of us watching this movie. Lamar said he might have missed a couple of years. Oh yeah, I think we all missed a couple yeah. of years. Oh, together that is. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's been a couple years I've maybe watched Home Alone too. So those years were forgotten. And, well, yeah. And I mean, I gotta admit, it's kind of mind mind boggling that Colin has not seen this because, like, I think so many people watch Home Alone one and Home Alone two. Yeah. Over the so, holidays. so I, I know the answers to this, and you know, I I wanted to know this personally before we watch the movie together. So, Colin, I'll I'll give you a quick interview. Um, Colin, ha, you have seen Home Alone one. Yeah, totally. And you said you have liked it. Sure, yeah. Okay. I, I think, I mean, that's just a great backdrop to know going into this movie, because if anyone is against this, uh, I would argue that this movie is very on par to the first one. Our uh, more recent guest, Mario, uh, and I were talking about this movie, and he said he likes this one better. And I think a lot of people are going to argue that they might like this one better than I the like first one. I like this one better. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Let me just open with a quick summary. One year after Kevin McAllister was left home alone and held to defeat a pair of bumbling burglars, he accidentally finds himself stranded in New York City, and at the and the same criminals are not far behind. Um, and that that's very true. 1992, Home Alone 2. We've got crazy, crazy powerhouses behind this movie. Clearly, we have writer John Hughes. Uh, I mean. What can't we say? We have Home Alone. We have Uncle Buck. We have Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. We have The Breakfast Club. We have Great Outdoors. Uh, We have many things. We have director Chris Columbus, who is uh, also the director of Home Alone 1 from 1990. He is the director of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. And he is the writer of The Young Sherlock Holmes and The Goonies. Um, Holy crap. (laughs) So we've we've got a little team involved. Clearly, we have Macaulay Culkin. Uh, he is back. Joe Pesci. I'm going to say it right up front. My favorite character of this entire film, Daniel Stern. 
We have Catherine O'Hare, we have John Hurd, and we have a whole cast of other people, uh, including people like Kieran Culkin, Macaulay Culkin's brother, Tim Curry, and others that we'll talk about. Rob Schneider, uh, Colin's here, so Rob Schneider's clearly <laughs> in this film. He cannot escape. And we have uh, Brenda Fricker as Pigeon Lady, which we'll get to. We have a lot of, we have a lot of people. The way I want to open this is, though, uh, Jeremy had to be here for this. I, I would not have let this go if Jeremy was actually not here for this. So Jeremy and I, as noted, went to junior high and high school together. And Jeremy and I were the first graduating class, like eighth graders, of a brand new school in Missouri. So on two occasions, and Mike is going to love this. If he does not remember the second movie, I will tell him. On two occasions, our school, one for winter break and one us going into summer break, they're like, we're just doing a field trip and you're going to go see some movies. <laughs> we're like, okay. And I remember for this, Jeremy, we had to vote. Like, as a class, we had to vote which movie we wanted to see. I don't remember, but it was like a handful of four movies. And it was like, do you want to see Home Alone 2? Remember, we're eighth graders. And one of the other movies was Lost in Yonkers. <laughs> and I just think, like, wow, there's some art teacher out there, like, real hoping, like, you know, the kids just really might want to see Lost in Yonkers instead of Home Alone 2. Wow. Uh, we clearly saw Home Alone 2. Yeah. Mike, the, pre, uh, our, the pre-summer uh, jamboree, uh, so the second one movie or movie we saw was uh, Hot Shots Part 2. Nice. <laughs> as, right. as, 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 as a field trip. Um I I sat next to Jeremy in 1992 and saw Home Alone 2 in a theater on a school field trip. We were all given popcorn and drinks and just told, behave, don't throw stuff, don't go crazy, have fun in Home Alone 2. And that's bananas. Like, that was our field trip. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's a great field trip. You know what's crazy? Lost in Yonkers has the same IMDb score and a better Rotten Tomato score than Home Alone 2. I've still yet to see that movie. Maybe you should do that. <laughs> maybe that. Maybe we're all overlooking Lost in Yonkers. <laughs> Home Alone 2, really, like that, <laughs> in 1992, the movie that really got overshadowed was Lost in Yonkers. Yeah. <laughs> There's that art teacher somewhere was like, I told those little bastards. <laughs> I tried to persuade them and they're all like, oh, suck brick, kid. That's all it's all about. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's that's just... That's crazy. Um, so this movie opens much like... This is just like weird for me to talk about this movie. I never really thought Home Alone 2 would be on our radar, even though we've done a little more mainstream films with the argument that maybe other generations haven't seen them. Home Alone 2 is just so popular. I agree. Like I am surprised Colin did not see this movie because I do feel yeah. Home Alone 1 and 2 I are really so... Am. Yeah, they're so interlinked that I feel most people... Maybe it's just I'm blinded with Lamar and Mike next to me that most people, i.e. us, are like, oh, yeah, Home Alone 2, like today, we'll watch Home Alone 2, or Home Alone 1 today. Home Alone 2, we'll just watch it next week, or, you know, right now, or whatever, (laughs) consecutively. I would would kind of challenge our listeners to, to write in and say what's more crazy, to not have ever seen this or to watch it every year for 20 years straight. The answer is to have never seen it. I have to ask you, Colin, because it's kind of on everybody's uh, watch list. I can't say everybody, but it's kind of iconic for people to have a list of movies to watch in Christmas, and I think Home Alone 2 is just on a lot of people's list. Uh, What... How have you avoided this movie for so long? I don't know. I think uh, it's like we usually do a lot of Halloween movies. Mm -hmm. Like, we do a lot of the horror and Halloween movies, and then uh, we don't really do any... 
you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas movies regular anyway. Yeah. So since it's just, since none of them are really like on a regular watch list, it just doesn't really Do you have a Christmas list rotation of movies that you do every year or you nah. just don't do that just thing? Just don't really do okay. it. Yeah. I, I hear it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, as a blasphemer, how yeah. do you feel? You <laughs> Damn. No, no, I'm kidding. No, I mean, I totally, the, the Halloween films, no, I totally get it. Yeah. I, I just feel it kind of rolls seasonally for me. So like, I think over the years, more and more Christmas films have been like that for me, but I don't feel I initially started that way. Like, I watched A Christmas Carol, or, or A Christmas Story every year, uh, and that's been like it. But then, that's grown. I think you and I watched A Christmas Story three times in a row at a bar one night. <laughs> that's totally wow. true. Yeah. Do you, what bar was it? It was at Wyman's. Oh, it was at Wyman's, yeah. yeah. Hey, shout out to Wyman's. Say, we watched, like yeah, Christmas Story for yeah. three, t- three nights in a row. They charged us like $4. They're like, get out of here, you pitiful saps. Yeah. And we're like, all right, all right, all right. Here's a bunch of tip money. And they're like, that's what I'm talking what about. What about uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? That would be my second. Like, yeah. I, I would put yeah. that on rotation too as well. I do love that movie. I think everybody has maybe three movies that they put on a rotation one of my favorite moments actually with this movie is uh my father-in-law well well, they i was visiting my wife's family during the holidays and i think it might have been christmas eve and they just had like some like a literally like a random channel on and then uh, i started watching a little bit and it was home alone too and my father-in-law was like oh you wait like this you mean your father-in-law was like oh do you like this movie i was like yes i love home alone too and he kind of chuckled like these movies are so ridiculous i was like i know but i really do love them he's like yeah and he he wrote it off for a moment but he just sat next to me and then for the next 35 minutes he didn't say a word and honestly just watched the movie and it's clearly in home alone 2 where uh they get to the apartment and it's you know the assault and he was chuckling the whole time, and he was like, this movie's okay. But he was laughing the whole time. Um, and, and, and my wife could testify to this. Um, and so it was a lot of fun. I just like seeing him sucked in. My dad felt the same. Like, one year he came over, and we watched, we like literally was like, we're going to watch Home Alone. He's like, okay, I haven't seen this. And he's like, this movie's like, actually, like, I forgot how funny this movie actually is. And, and I do feel both Home Alone 1 and 2 are a lot of fun. Uh, I don't care what any person on earth says i i'm gonna make a huge defense on this john williams who does the score of this film in the first is probably it's the same of, score yeah well like, like a remix score but yeah totally he is just one of the world's greatest composers i think he's oh like yeah 95 uh and he is just a gem on earth and my wife knows this i sometimes on an like an ipad i'll put home alone one on and just like really a dim lit uh, screen and just listen to the soundtrack and go to bed around the holidays. Like John, John Williams is amazing. I mean, clearly if anyone does not know all star Wars, Indiana Jones, Jaws, ET, and it just goes on and on. So yes, John. So yeah. my thing about this movie is it is the exact same movie as the first movie. I mean, almost scene for scene with just different locations and characters, but it's better in that New York allows it to, really have a more exploratory like the cinematography is better like the cameras was allowed to get farther away to have bigger scenes oh sure where the first movie i mean it was really took place in that house right well they they shot it in a school like a school gym or something yeah Yeah. mike and i watched the documentary on the movies that made us is that what it's called yeah and it's on Netflix. We've mentioned this before on this uh, podcast and the toys that made us and the movies that made us. And I think it's the shows that made us. Uh, yeah, that 
I did not know that half the house is built in a gym. So all the exterior shots are there and some are in, in the movie, but then a lot of the stuff that happens, quote unquote, in the house was a rebuilt house in a gymnasium in Illinois, which is bananas. That's awesome. I also want to just note, uh, Macaulay Culkin has had a huge year at this point in time. So, uh, oh, yeah. He's been on uh, Celebrity Jeopardy. My wife and I watched this, and he did an excellent job. I know, spoiler if you haven't seen it yet, he does not win his round. But it, he really comes down to the last question with Rachel Dratch, who does win. And uh, she just got a couple extra uh, answers later on. But they both did extraordinarily well. Like, I, I was like, wow, I wish if I was ever on the show, I would hope I could do that well. Like, it, like, it was something to be proud about. And he just got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And he took uh, Home Alone star and mom, Catherine O'Hare. So his wife, Brenda Song, and Catherine O'Hare, and I think one of his brothers was there. There's tons of photos. They're all, like, super positive. Did any of you see this? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all, like, really nice. It's awesome. Yeah, doing pretty good. Way to go, Macaulay Culkin. Mm. Two two kids. Finally Uh, getting yours. Yeah, (laughs) on Celebrity Jeopardy, they noted this bonkers thing. I know I'm making it up, like, what the real number is. But they said something like, you've been, like, a... uh, celebrity question like 28 times on this he's like whoa what like most people are like we've used you twice but he's been like 28 times a question and they're like that's kind of like a record that's well, awesome I'm, yeah i'm sure that has a lot to do with like home alone and various other things but i was like that's cool yeah well i think they should remake home alone like they remake every other movie that's out there except still have macaulay Culkin star in it yeah. uh we were talking about this uh ryan reynolds i think had a proposal where he was going to do a movie where he just got like super blazed and then people tried to break into his house and while stoned, he had to fight him off. I I can't remember the backstory of this. I know Mike and I looked something yeah. up. Was it called? I think it was like High Alone or something like that. Stoned Alone? Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's not too late. It's not too late to make that film. Is this a film or just like a... A weekend at Ryan Reynolds' house. It's my fucking <laughs> fantasy, man. <laughs> he just gets high and he's alone, and people break in and he's filming. Oh yeah, that's what you gotta do. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they should just leave the Home Alone formula alone. I think it's been thoroughly explored, and mm. I think if they do something else with it, uh, it's just gonna feel just cheap and dirty. Yeah, I, it is called Stoned Alone. Wow. Where, you just looked up like it was a proposed idea? Stoned Alone is an R-rated comedy inspired by the 1990 Chris Columbus film Home Alone. It centers around a 20-something weed-growing loser who misses the plane for his holiday ski trip. It was to be produced by Ryan Reynolds. Um, someone had po- posters put together with Macaulay Culkin, and but it died before creation. Oh, Still could be made. Yeah. It's not too late. That's wow. true. I mean, what's Ryan Reynolds doing? Just what? I mean, come on. He's Deadpool. He, I think he owns like <laughs> half a soccer team and, and a cell phone company. <laughs> yeah. This is a soccer team, cell phone companies, movies. Come on, let's do another Home Alone. I have, I have stoner. A, I have a follow up question for Colin. Sure. So you you were highlighting, you know, you're like, uh, I you, we watch Halloween films. So is that like your family growing up? Is that you and your wife? Is that both? Uh, it's like me and my me and my wife mostly. So what about your family? Did they watch any Christmas films? Uh, we did. I think uh, we did like the Santa Claus, the Tim Allen one. Uh, we probably did that one the most. The like animated Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, Charlie Brown every once in a while. 
you know, some like other classics, just yeah. not Home Alone too. We did do Home Alone a handful of times. We we were my wife and I were we're gonna just throw the movie on the background. We actually had some work to do, but we're like, oh, like we could just want some like something we're familiar with. I suggested the Santa Claus, and she's like, ugh. <laughs> and she's like, we just like watched it a bunch, and like we've always agreed that like Tim Allen is questionable, and like as of late, uh, Pamela Anderson in her memoirs highlighted that he like he's a real piece of trash. I'm like, is anyone surprised about Tim Allen like not being like an accessibly nice guy? Like, I, none of that surprised. I'm I mean, not saying like, he, I'm not saying he, writing that he off was as a cokehead. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not writing <laughs> that as that off as an excuse. I'm just like. Jeez, this guy just seems like almost in your face about it. Like, good God. It's kind of funny you mentioned that. I just read recently that in that TV series, The Santa Claus, like some of his coworkers are like complaining that he's really abrasive on set. Like yeah. Tim Allen just doesn't strike me as someone who is um, really gentle with his coworkers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah he just comes strolling in. Yeah, he comes strolling in, coquettish. Yeah. <laughs> not, <laughs> not that way, but kind of close. you say titty sugar? <laughs> so, is that, show is that show the, me some titty sugar. Oh, is, is that the new Christmas shirt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wear it with pride and then go straight to jail. Hey, it's not too late, all of you. You could get your Rabbit Troop Sucks uh T-shirts. We got mm. some uh, holiday T-shirts out there. Yeah. Holiday Rabbit Troop sucks merchandise. Mm-hmm. I've said it before, but olive is the best color for the Rabbit Troop sucks logo. Get the olive <laughs> colored shirt. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a pro tip there. From it's a pro eye. tip. Yeah. That comes straight to you from John Williams himself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, Alan will be your personal shopper. Here, here's the craziest piece of trivia that not is not about this film, but about the first one. Going back to uh, the movies that made us, this is something that stuck in my mind, and I think I watched that like uh, documentary series in that episode I don't know, like five years ago. In the first movie, it was not done on a, like a huge budget. Like uh, Chris Columbus was not the first director. Uh, I can't remember the first director who was doing it. Uh, oh, wait, Chris Columbus, I think, is not the first director. Is he the first Wasn't, director? Didn't yeah. John Hughes set out to direct it? What, the official first director? He of? wrote it, and then I know he... Oh, no, no. I think the deal was Chris Columbus was supposed to direct uh, Christmas Vacation. That's right. Didn't get along oh. with Chevy Chase. <clears throat> then was put on Home Alone. Oh, boy. But the movie wasn't done with a huge budget. And it's like very notable that Macaulay Culkin made like almost $0. Later in life, his dad stole it all. So I'm not even saying that like nonsense about his father. That's crazy. I feel terrible for Macaulay Culkin and his family and all that. Um, but like, the, like he just didn't make a lot of money on the first one. It was like a lower budget. And I remember, I guess Chris Columbus was like, you know, it'd be awesome if, you know, like uh, if John Williams, you know, did the score and someone's like, we should just write him. And John Williams was like, I love this idea. I'm in. Like, can you, can you even imagine? And the, I think the reason I really like the score of this, it reminds me, which he also did the score of, uh, Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, but more specifically, the young Indiana Jones segments with River Phoenix. It's a little more like, lighthearted a little positive whimsical more, yeah like a little more juvenile whimsical and throw in some christmas bells and boom you got mm. the home alone soundtrack uh, which i love so yeah uh if anyone is ever debating the movies jeremy's right very similar soundtrack it's pretty much the same i would just count this as like the remix extended soundtrack uh to the first one but yeah i mean a, it's good a couple of years ago paul and i went to see yeah. the denver symphony orchestra oh, perform yeah. 
the Home Alone soundtrack while the movie was playing. They it just was, like edited out the musical parts and it was performed live. It was great. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I totally encourage people to do that. Yeah. They do it with uh, Harry Potter too. Yeah. Uh, that'd yeah. be super cool. My girlfriend and I saw Elf. They did, did it to Elf a couple of years ago, which was fun. <laughs> Smiling's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Working's your favorite. Uh, this movie, stuff. as Jeremy noted, is pretty similar to the first one. Um, but yeah, it being in New York City gives it a lot of breathability. Uh, you're able to do a lot more stuff in between rather than just going to the grocery store or battling the dryer and washer in your basement. It's You could deal with some crazy shit in New York City. Uh, not much better in here, kid. <laughs> um, <laughs> which we'll get to. But the movie does open up in Illinois. And uh, kids will be kids. Uh, the, the McAllister Manor is... Full of bustling, yeah, full of stuff, and everyone's going to Florida for Christmas. And you know, throughout the movie, it's always like, Kevin, why do you like Christmas? Kevin, this, Kevin, that. Mike is going in real life. Mike is, you know, renovating the house that he is living in, and I always make these jokes around the holidays, like, oh, you should have the same <laughs> the wallpaper as Home Alone. And Mike's quote was like, yeah, great, I want a holiday house. But here's <laughs> the crazy thing: the McAllister house is a holiday house. Yeah. Why do why don't they want to stay? The the amount of decorating and tchotchkes in this house is like alone tens of thousands of dollars. Like ornate crystal oh, yeah. like candle holders and like vases and like all this crazy stuff. I can see why they wanted to go to to France last year. Sure. That's great. Go to some shitty motel in Florida. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, why? Why they're all go really oversold that? But why? Yeah. Why you did guys you, are millionaires. Yeah. Why did you decorate? I know. Decorate your house so holiday rific, and then want to leave it. It's it's kind of bizarre. Yeah. They let's be fair. They pay someone to decorate that house. Okay. I don't think <laughs> the decorate it and then just leave it like that. Yeah. It just seems kind of odd. I and I believe they even have the Christmas tree up and everything ready to go. Yeah. yeah. And they're inviting another family over. The uncles family and it's just they're all together right there so yeah. why not just stay there i don't know maybe invite the relatives yeah. from Miami. Well, they don't have any relatives no. in miami do they they're just That's going down there just went for his well, honeymoon. Well, yeah. i was gonna tell lamar we cooking now frankie <laughs> <laughs> cooking nothing <laughs> god damn this family is so bizarre yeah, i don't know what to do what the hell things. jeremy have your kids seen this movie oh yeah do they like it yeah yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, my youngest son was in there watching it with me earlier uh, today. That's awesome. I, and, yeah. Like, I didn't take any notes in this movie. I've seen this movie so many times that I'm I, like, as soon as you guys reference something, it pops in my head and like, I can talk about it. Sure. I mean, sooner or later, uh, Colin's going to learn about the father. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't take any notes either. Paul has okay. 17 pages of notes. I have lots of notes. And so, I, took it, I, I took it like a week ago. Yeah. So I, he's going to drive this pony. I felt that you guys would have a very good interpretation of this movie. So I also took very few notes. Yeah. I just really, so I, I think I'm taking it on Jeremy's perspective. I knew you guys would feel this way. Uh, I know Lamar typed up a bunch of notes. I basically just needed a timeline. I've seen this sure. movie enough. I just need like the order of events in front of me. That's more of my notes. Like, right. I took right. like a distant. So that's why I kind of have a lot of them. Like I have the order of events, but like very little reaction to it. And I was like this, 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 this. That's pretty much no, the I notes can, I've yeah. taken. Uh, my first actual note is standard Home Alone intro, people mulling about, you know, 
and that's my first line. <laughs> and it pretty much notes like that. My first line is ding, dang, dong. And then for some reason, I said, one of you put your pants on. <laughs> <laughs> and then in real life, a lot of weird shit happened. And then I wrote, treat Williams, may, might know John Williams. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I want you to do some deep research onto that and maybe make the connection. You so say you want me to do some deep Williams? <laughs> Get some deep, deep, deep state Williams. <laughs> the double uh, bills. Well, yeah, as I was as we were highlighting, the McAllister house is a bustle. And ding bustle. ding dong, they're watching a game show, and in between there's a commercial advertising uh for the Plaza Hotel, which later comes into play. Uh Kevin's aunt sent him an inflatable <laughs> the bozo clown, clown. <laughs> yeah. and one of the most iconic toys of the 90s comes from this uh, kevin is playing with the talk boy recorder there's <laughs> also a talk girl recorder that came out in the 90s anybody have one of those i almost bought no. like a talk boy at a flea market once i didn't know if it worked and there was no one to like really inquire about this uh <laughs> I don't know what Mike would have done with it, but I was pretty excited. <laughs> After about seeing it. his movie, I'm making you know damn well what Mike, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're Mike's, going gonna, Mike's, Mike's gonna be a father. <laughs> He's gonna be father. No problem. <laughs> you got it. Son of a bitch. How much do you think a talk boy cost in the nineties? Eight thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't want to get too graphic, but now just hearing Mike say you got it, uh, if that could be slipped into any of your bedroom talk, yeah. I don't want to get more specific than that. Just Mike telling people you got you it. Got it. <laughs> um, and maybe an inflatable clown could come out too. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, Kevin Kevin's talking to his dad, Peter, his mom, Kate, uh, Peter Hurd, rest in peace, uh, Catherine O'Hara, mm-hmm. uh, and how he was making ornaments or was that the first one or is it, i don't know what they were talking about i think it's just it's the that. same movie yeah, <laughs> yeah it is yeah i think the, fir- <laughs> the first one was the ornaments he's just talking about nonsense and he's recording this commercial which will later come in handy and they're highlighting that he needs to ch- or peter the dad needs to charge stuff and he unplugs everything from the wall and resets all the alarms again here's the one thing i want to note about the alarms it's the only I, clock in the house. Yeah. That's the only clock yeah. in the house. So, so the, in the first movie, the power goes out and knocks all of the power out, which is kind of way more intelligent writing. In this, Jeremy's totally right. They unplug the one alarm in the mom and dad's room. You would think Uncle Frank and everyone else was. Someone would have another alarm. No. Someone would just naturally get well, they were Well, they were counting on the millionaires yeah. to really what, that's This really this just highlights the theme of this movie in that Peter's family is a bunch of fucking freeloaders. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. They won't pay for their vacations. They're waiting on him to wake him up. I'm also highlighting one iPhone in this whole movie. This whole movie's wrapped up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. You have commu- You have communique. You have alarms. Yeah, you can't make this movie in, a, in an age. What, like five phones. minutes, one iPhone? This ends right. all of this? Yes. Well, actually, they did remake it with what, what, whatever that new one was called. The fucking yeah, like Home Sweet Home. Home Sweet Home Alone. Dude, let, let me tell you something. If... If we did, if there were fourteen people that I had to get on an airplane at one time, like we would sleep in shifts. Like, all right, two hours on, two hours off. People are awake at all times so that we make this fucking flight. Well, I, I was gonna say, yeah. I, I already have like tons of OCD, so like I check my alarms. I don't have like set numbers, but I check my alarms like a half dozen times before I go to bed. My wife does the same. She sometimes like so tired can you just make sure my alarm set and she'll just show me i'm like yeah i get it we have multiple alarms set 
So I have a lot of OCD already going into this. Now, throw in the fact that one year previous, I left my kid in an <laughs> attic. My OCD would be boiling over for the rest of my life. Like I would be waking up probably every 40 minutes checking my alarm. Um, so the fact that they didn't check it before they went to bed, I'd be like, oh my God. Like, And it's blinking, damn it. <laughs> Your alarm's blinking. It was, yeah. it was a different time. Different it, parenting styles. <laughs> well, okay. Well, let's, more let's more get this family out the damn door. So yeah. they're going to some kind of ceremony and some performance. It's a Christmas pageant. Something. Yeah. It's a pa- it's pageant of sorts. And uh, Kevin has a solo in the pageant. And Buzz, my God, Uncle Frank might have paid money. Actually paid money to see this performance. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin has a solo, and during the solo, every kid is holding a like plastic candle, and Buzz takes a secondary one and pretends to drum on Kevin's head and lights up his ears. Um, all of this is really stupid. I would only imagine maybe a handful of people in the auditorium of like 500 people, maybe like three people would laugh. But oh my god, the crowd is in stitches. Oh, everyone they, loves it. Yeah. Oh my god, like the, like if you could pass around a basket to tip for school, now's the time. It'd be like you've trained all of your moment, little Joseph. Get in there, <laughs> give him the basket. <laughs> because like everyone would be paying money. Uncle Frank, who is asleep, is like clutching his sides. <laughs> it's it's insane. Like, Frank, I just kept writing. Frank loves it. <laughs> Why are all these kids in the same thing? I don't know. Too? And I also wrote like. In real life, it's a Montessori well, school. Well, I have to look oh, this up. In real life, nerds, Kevin yeah. and Buzz are only three years apart. But Buzz looks like he's eighteen, oh. and Kevin looks like he's like really? in elementary school. Yeah. I, yeah, I assume they were like twelve years yeah. apart. Yeah. So Kevin turns around, punches Buzz. Everyone falls down. Now we're back at home, and everyone's in trouble. Buzz gives a half-assed, heartfelt apology. Uh, everyone loves it. Frank is still laughing. Holy <laughs> shit! Frank's like. I know, but it was so god darn funny. I was like, damn, Frank, like, have you seen anything in your life? Frank's got no shit. This is the funniest thing Frank has ever seen. Oh, yeah. Well, it was like an okay boomer before okay boomer was a <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. Every, everyone is very impressed by Buzz's quote unquote heartfelt apology. He leans into Kevin and says, beat that, you little trout sniffer. <laughs> Colin asked for clarification, as one should. What did he just say to him? And we did have to say, oh, he called him a trout sniffer. In part one, he does call him a little trout when they're in Paris. He's like, the little trout could use some life experience. Um, he's got a thing with trouts. Um, but yeah, uh, again, uh, Kevin mouths off and he is sent to the attic. Uh, everyone wakes up because yeah, no one has looked at the alarm. I don't know if Kevin mouthed off. <laughs> no, Kevin, he, Kevin no, stood he, up for himself. Yeah, he told it like it was, <laughs> yeah. and no one wanted to hear it. Yeah, yeah, he had a more angsty attitude, though. About I, it. I, Just, I think the opening lines of like everyone here is like so stupid probably was not. Well, he was yeah. right. They were yeah. all pretty. You've stupid. got to give a performance like Buzz. You've got yeah. you got you got to warm the crowd up a little bit. Yeah. I th- yeah, he Perry Mason them. If there's any lesson to be learned here, it's either it's, it's really just like Kevin, as a small child, doesn't have the ability to articulate exactly what he means in an effective way, which isn't his fault. He's a kid, mm-hmm. and uh, he can't lie like Buzz can, who has the experience to lie like he does. Mm-hmm. So it's just yeah, totally exactly. unfair for this. Yeah. And the first movie actually comes into play here, too, because in the first one, this kind of exact same thing happens kevin's just mad that the family's mad at him 
a year later, he's the same thing. He's still mad. He's trying to get his point across. Everybody's still ignoring him. He's just treated like a little, dare I say, a little bitch. Yeah. I think that's probably a lot, a huge part of the charm is you because you instantly take Kevin's side, of course. Yeah. Well, there's also this fantasy element that we're kind of skipping over in the film. Oh, yeah. So the bridge between part one and two is going to have the same problem that two is going to end off with. I mean, in this movie, how this movie ends off is fine. Uh, but in the future, it would be problematic, and this is going to be what I mean by this. There is no way in hell the parents never found out about these burglars who were burglaring the next-door neighbor's house, the houses up the street, how the old man beat the hell out of them with a shovel, uh, how Kevin was involved. There clearly would have been testimonies, court appearances. There, someone said something about this kid. There's no way in hell uh, Harry and Marv went to prison and Kevin and Kevin's house was never mentioned in any capacity. There's just, just there's just no way in hell. There's oh, no way. I never even thought that about movie that. would not have <laughs> such whimsical music. Though. <laughs> no, the one thing that I want to note, I did read some trivia throughout this movie, is John Candy was supposed to have a cameo in this film. Negotiations fell through, and it just never was meant to be. I then kind of read a little more outside of this, and this actually made me extremely sad. The career opportunities and Home Alone were some of the last things uh, with John Hughes that he worked on. And I guess John Candy kept calling John Hughes, and at a point in time, John Hughes was not even answering his calls. Uh, John Hughes, upon dying, uh, I guess really affected John Hughes, and he basically stopped directing. He did Curly Sue after and then just stopped directing. He kept writing but I guess that like affected him and their friendship, and I guess they left off on kind of not great terms, oh. and that just made me really sad. Yeah, that really sucks. John oh. Candy apparently was like the nicest guy in the world, and it doesn't seem like John Hughes was outwardly a jerk. It just seems like they weren't working together, and it was hard for everyone, and it just seems like kind of a shitty situation. I was like, oh, man, that's super sad. And then I thought, how could John Candy be in this film? And And I thought about it, and I was like, if John Candy reprised his role, it shouldn't be that he meets Catherine O'Hara. This time he should meet Kevin. Like, he somehow helps Kevin, but John Hugh, or uh, John Candy uh, was never going to be mentioned between them. Like, I just, th- it shouldn't be when Catherine O'Hara gets into New York that she's like, oh my God, remember that time last year you helped me out? I think that'd be too coincidental. What do you guys think? Like, could it work? And I just mean like a five minute scene. Yeah, I, I don't know what that scene would have been, but yeah, I think it definitely could have worked. I think John Candy could have been the yeah. toy store owner. <laughs> Something like that. that. Well, I mean, he would have had to have been the same person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Like I mean, I guess he, he retired and became a toy store yeah. owner. <laughs> like that you're... He's, he's doing polka at the uh, toy yeah. store for oh. Christmas. Like you're fantasy booking this. It's kind of <laughs> really uh, like what could have been, but then we have like five or six different sequels of home alone where and home uh, john candy's not a part of any of them so it's just what could have been yeah and i gotta admit you paint a good picture of what could have been well i I mean i honestly i have like 
no idea where where there's no mention of where he would have been in i wonder if like they even had an idea i could see like the polka kings playing in central park like, nice where like the ice skaters are doing, like some christmas oh, sure. polka sure and he runs into him when he when he's running away from from harry and marv maybe that sounds nice something, something like that i look if john candy was in this film he would he would have to be in one pivotal moment where like he does actively help kevin do something I, I and, and why I'm saying this is, as I said, I sometimes just listen to the John Williams soundtrack and go to bed. That's how familiar I am with this. I love the soundtrack. Uh, but every time it comes to John Candy's scene in the original Home Alone, where Catherine O'Hare is freaking out and uh, well, like a very memorable line, she's in Scranton and she like literally looks at the the ticket agent with like, like fury in her eyes. She's like. He's like, if I could do anything, she's like, do it. Then do anything. Do it now. She's like, if I have to sell my soul to the devil himself, I will get home to Chicago. And there is no effing doubt in my mind that she does not fully believe that. Like, she means it. And that's the scene where John Candy comes up and he's like, yeah, like I'm the Poke King. And there's so, like, I just feel like, oh my God, I feel they just filled in John Candy. I know I'm gushing. I just love John Candy and I miss him. But like, He's like, yeah, like we're driving to Milwaukee. We'll get you home. She's like, to Chicago. He's like, yeah, your son's home. Like it's the it's Christmas. It's the right thing to do. And they're like, there's no doubt in my mind that's who John Candy was. And like, kind of his memory is like, that would be the dude who's like, yeah, I heard you're in a situation. I will drop you off. It's Christmas. So I'm like, damn, dude. So that that's why I think he would have to be that that person in this movie. But I, I like it. You guys are saying like ice skating. He's playing. Yeah, yeah, sure. That'd be awesome. <laughs> You do have a profound love for John Candy. Yeah. I, well, I also love planes, trains, and automobiles. He's in a lot of seasonal films. I don't know if I said this when we did Volunteers. He's in a lot of seasonal films. So, like, he hits up kind of fallish Uncle Buck with me. He hits in Home Alone and uh, Stripes. Oh, yeah. I love him in well, Stripes. Yeah, he hits in Home Alone for Christmas <laughs> for me. Uh, planes, trains, and automobiles for Thanksgiving. Uh, summer and rental summer rental summer and great rental. outdoors for the summer like so i just feel oh, i yes. see him in a lot of like seasonal films and camp, he's great camp candy he's in <laughs> i've watched planes trains and automobiles with jeremy at least half a dozen times mm. nice that's a movie i've seen many 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 times do you, do you still feel it holds up oh yeah it's a fantastic yeah. film it's well it's every i mean just like home alone it's like all cylinders click in the way that yeah. it's presented and acted. Yeah. I, I, I feel, and so why you're like, you have a profound love of John Candy. I feel a lot of times that's on him. Like home alone, not all on him, but like planes, trains and automobiles. Like, Holy God, what a fantastic performance by John Candy. I mean, just different, like half serious, but so much like improv. I don't know. That's so, so good. Would you feel like that? Home Alone as a series would be different if he was a more of a pivotal character in both of these movies, or do you feel like he was the right amount in Home Alone One? Yes, he's the right amount. I mean, you. I think the greatest thing you want, and as performers say, is you want everyone to you want to leave off with the crowd wanting more. That is absolutely John Candy's role in Part One. Like he's so good. Like every moment is just gold. With I, him. I agree with you on and, that. And so, like. 
Yes, like, would I want more? Yeah, but that, like, you did your job. And so, yeah, if he was in here for a moment, that would be, that would be awesome. That would be nice, but I wouldn't want him to overstay his welcome to where this is just a shot. Like, ah, we just got to well, shovel in well, John well, Candy for well, this. Well, think, John Candy's got some dope, you know, roles. And Career Opportunities, which I noted, which is, like, his last, one of his last things. <laughs> just thinking that about movie's that. movie is not awesome, but his role is really funny. It's only for a couple minutes, and he, like, hires, like, this guy on the wrong pretense. It's pretty funny. His cameo in home alone is amazing and his cameo in national lampoon's vacation at the very end as the security guard is also amazing so john candy as cameos is dope as hell like that's yeah you got a sweet spot <laughs> well with the advent of ai you can possibly have john candy <laughs> in home alone too with with just shitty fingers you know <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible <laughs> <laughs> The best part about John Candy were his fingers. Well, we're about three minutes into Home Alone. <laughs> we're we're gonna get him to the airport, and this is now airport. where the problems are coming. Kevin wants to get more batteries for his talk boy. His dad's like, "Well, hold my bag," which has like five thousand dollars in cash Jesus. plus credit cards and some batteries, and he's like, "Okay." And Kevin's like, I'm going to do it. And Peter runs off with the family and they're not really paying attention to Kevin as clearly no one does throughout the series of Home Alone. Right. They run off and Kevin finally gets batteries into his talk boy, looks up, sees a guy who has the same jacket as his father, follows him, runs to the New York terminal, bounces into some ticket agents. Tickets go a flying or, you know, the people who are taking your tickets and they just let him on. They're like, ah, we're not going to check anything because this movie came out in 1992. It was probably filmed in 1991. That's how people rolled at the airports. Fast and loose, baby. <laughs> um, they're like, just make sure his family's on the airplane. He sees the guy with a jacket, sits down, and then uses his talk boy like it's a magic device like an iPod. Because he's just been recording all of these commercials, but now he's listening to Christmas music on his talk boy. But that's not how reality works. <laughs> Um, Maybe he's just listening to those commercials. I thought about that because when I was a kid, I had a tape recorder and I remember taping like episodes of cartoons and then like audio wise. And then when we went on road trips, sometimes I listened to them Yeah, and it sounded like crap. Yeah, And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, wouldn't it be amazing if like you could listen to audio? I was like, so like in a box my imagination was so limited i was like oh man one day i'll be able to listen to any of the audio i want like not even if i had video and could watch it like <laughs> like if i could just listen to it what a, what a world i would live in you know sad part paul is i do that today with youtube videos just <laughs> 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 play the audio like yeah i have it so your past is my future <laughs> yeah it is nice this uh, this scene, the airport scene, is definitely like an advertisement for uh, children leashes. Like it could have solved <laughs> all the problems. They, they they the year prior lost a child. They should have just invested in the leashes. Sure, they would look like a bunch of goombas, but they wouldn't lose their goddamn kid again. Also, I mean, this is like uh, like ripping off a band aid for me and my wife. I mean, this is at O'Hare Airport. I'm from Chicago. This is a lot of the times the airport her and I would fly into. So just people running around in mass pandemonium. Welcome to the holidays. And 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 do you think anyone in the world cares? They do not. How many times have you been at O'Hare? Oh, I don't know. I think like at Christmas? Like I hate that airport. Like 50, 60. <laughs> like, yeah. Shit. Yeah. Uh, awful. Mm. Yeah, you're 100% guaranteed it's going to be delayed. Um, hopefully under two hours. But hopefully um, everyone's freaking out. 
kids running. Why kids anyone are, chooses to fly around the holidays? Kids around the ceiling is just beyond me. That is very true. However, people need to see other people. No, they know. don't. You can just stay right the <laughs> fuck where you are. Out. It's fine. That's, That's true. true. I do it every year. It's amazing. <laughs> Especially when you have the mansion that these guys left to go to yeah, fucking right, Florida. Yeah. yeah. Well, they get separated. Kevin goes to New York. Everyone else is going to Miami. Um, so there is a note. Like, I don't think that the uh, Peter, or Peter's end is, I think they paid for it, but Uncle Frank built it. It's kind of like subtext. Uncle Frank's like, ah, oh, this is a dope place. This is at my honeymoon. And when they get there, it's a total dump. Remember, Uncle Frank's a cheapskate. He's always been a cheapskate. Clearly, his honeymoon was also a dump. He had better memories of it. It's still the rundown piece of crap. It always was. And it looks like it's in the middle of the month soon. So it's right. even worse. Yeah. Uh, Kevin gets to New York. And I want to highlight something that Colin <laughs> asked later. So uh, first he meets Ali Sheedy. Sir. Can I help you, sir? Uh, and she says weird stuff. And then Kevin goes in a cab. And later in the movie, Colin asks, where did Kevin get fireworks? And I wrote, step hey, a little one. Chinese market. Buy fireworks. Literally right here. Buy fireworks. Uh, and it is. He goes to Ch- uh, Chinatown. And I have a lot of questions. Who sold these fireworks to him? He just gets out of a cab and just starts buying fireworks. They, um, they didn't care. That's yeah. why. This, like, it had yeah, to have been uh, the quickest scene. Because I was... Yeah. Pretty sure I was, was watching this. It was very quick. Not very quick. Step two is he goes to the Twin Towers. Like, that's how fast it is. <laughs> okay. So yeah. step two is now he's seeing the sights. So they buy explosives. One, two, mm-hmm. go to the mm-hmm. Twin Towers. Correct. Yeah, you could not right. do that in 2020. Right on. Right on. A child's imagination. <laughs> that's the real holiday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the real holiday. Before 9-11, I mean, you could really, children were just running free throughout the world. And you can I, go to Chinatown I, and totally buy fireworks. I can't remember if I said this on, on one of the podcasts, but I was at O'Hare Airport and I got there super early in the morning. And I mean, we, I was staying there with friends and I went there early and uh, my plane wasn't leaving for like three hours. And I was like near Oof. bigger food courts and I just didn't want to be confined into a smaller room. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be by these food courts and then like I'll go in like an hour and a half before my plane leaves. So this is pre 9-11 and I, I was flying back to Denver and I went to one of the security officers who was at the security gate where they, you know, like they wand you and they, they search your bags. And I said, you know, I explained the situation. I was like, my plane doesn't leave for a few hours. I just need to use the restroom. Can you tell me where the nearest one is? And no, <laughs> no joke. The woman goes, you could just go around me. So I, I went around security. She just goes, just let me know when you're back. But- <laughs> and and I came back like three minutes later because I just used the restroom really quick and washed my hands. So I was like, I'm back. She's like, thanks a lot, honey. Have a great holiday. Just come through when you're like ready to go. Can, can you even <laughs> imagine right now in 2023 that happening at at all oh my gosh. but i i no. went behind her because she just let me use the, use the rest i had a bag i had a mm. duffel bag with me I, <laughs> it was great <laughs> i can imagine in 2023 you get fingered and x-rayed before you can get I, behind there <laughs> imagine in 2023 that security officer that security officer is coming with me and all of those things are happening to that person as well like your <laughs> yeah. cahoots we also get a shot to the miami police so the miami police are involved with uh asking questions <laughs> because i love this guy <laughs> yeah because they because yeah. really quickly they never get there uh, so they get to miami and they're trying to give all the luggage away and they're handing it down. They're like, this for Kevin, this for Kevin. It's like, ah, oh, Kevin's not here. Catherine O'Hara freaks out. Now we're at the Miami police station. And 
Uh, yeah, I also love this guy. He's all business. Just yeah, the looks he's giving him because he's like, well, you know, has your son ever run away from home before? And they're like, oh no. Like, well, has he ever been on his own before? Like, no. Well, maybe yeah. this one time. And he's just giving these like furrowed brow, like, okay, buddy. This is a stark contrast to the first movie where Catherine O'Hare is like, oh my God, where's Catherine? Yeah. And yeah, now yeah, they're yeah, sitting totally down right. like, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Lamar, I totally agree. This, I feel this is Catherine O'Hare's like SCTV sensibilities coming mm-hmm. out. Like she's like, what? Like, uh, but we never lose our luggage. Knock on wood. <laughs> like, like your kid's missing and you're making like these like weird jokes. Um, and the police officer is not amused. Uh, if this was today, that dude would have them like detained for the next 24 hours because you'd be like, <laughs> like their kid's missing. They're making light of this. They're knocking on wood. <laughs> like we have poor holiday time management skills, which has led us into this situation before. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. He also has some seriousness to him. He um, He's taking it seriously, but they're just kind of like, ah, we've been through this before. But then they reached a point where... It's like it's, you have credit cards, and mm-hmm. they finally pinpoint the part where, well, if he has credit cards, we can trace him down. Yeah. And, you know, as the parents are making light of this, I was trying to explain to Mike and Colin that this is experiencing the nuts of the season. And then... <laughs> <laughs> you got to clarify that a little bit. Paul has a lot of thoughts on the nuts of the season. Yeah, people sometimes just, you know, during the holidays, you're like... Uh, and they've experienced it the year before. That was Home Alone 1. That, oh, that, was, yes. that was the nuts of the season. And the, the police officer clearly doesn't make light of the nuts of the season. You, you can't forget about the nuts of the season. No, you got no. to handle it. You got to handle the nuts of the season. <laughs> yeah. Where do you handle those nuts? You, well, you said it, not me. Okay. <laughs> Alio. There's finally some guilt from the parents, though. I mean, they left their kid behind. Finally, it's Phil or something. Like, eh. they feel nothing. Before it was like, eh, it's Kevin's fault. Now it's. Eh. Well, luckily, in a weird world, simultaneously, Marvin Harry have escaped from jail. So Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern have escaped from prison and they arrive in New York city via a frozen fish truck. And I do love how Harry is, or uh, yeah, Harry is highlighting uh, how he could smell freedom. And this is a new chance, a new lease on life. So we could, you know, do more crimes in a bigger city. <laughs> and can you smell it? And Marv's like, yeah, it smells like fish. He's like, no, it's freedom. He's like, well, no, it's fish. <laughs> I would, I would also like to know like these men were put in prison in illinois they escaped got into frozen fish is new york shipping a lot of frozen fish in from the great lakes <laughs> <laughs> yeah all their imported fish is from chicago <laughs> yeah yeah what's the problem you don't, you, you don't i like, guess there is none really you don't like dirty like michigan fish <laughs> they're my favorite goes, that's where it goes i love a good city. brown butter on those <laughs> Yum, yum. Yeah. <laughs> v- valid questions. That's the, um, all those trouts that Buzz is talking that's a, that's about. That's a pretty good point. Oh, I'm yeah. You brought that up. Yeah, yeah well, someone's got to be sniffing some kind of trout. Yeah. So, yeah, well, uh, as I said, uh, Daniel Stern as Marv is my favorite character of this entire movie. And he changes his MO as we left the last movie. They're the wet bandits. If you don't remember, <laughs> Marv would turn on the water and plug up sinks in all of the houses to highlight uh, that he's going to ruin houses too, 
And the cops at the end of the movie say, great, now we know every house you hit because you've done that and you've just admitted us. And he's like, we're the wet bandits. But now he has tape on his hand and he's the sticky bandits. And the first thing he does is steal from... uh, the Salvation Army. Yes, yeah, Salvation yeah. Army. And he yeah. just dips his hand in and takes like a couple dollars of coins. <laughs> the, just the sound effect from the taking of everything with his <laughs> hand is probably the best part of this movie. <laughs> Do you want us to isolate that and send that to you? Yes, please. Yeah, <laughs> that's some good good foley yeah. or, or whatever. It'll be like every time I get a text message, would you... <laughs> the sound of sticky bandits stealing from Salvation Army tins. Yes, yeah. this isn't going to go over well. This isn't going to go over as well as you guys think it is. It yeah. really isn't. One of you is going to get into serious trouble. Do you really want a sound coming from your pocket that's like every time Paul's texting you? Just my friend. We're on a podcast. Trust me, that's not nothing suspicious is coming from my pocket. Let me just reach in there and grab it real quick. Yeah. Yeah. We all, we also get a scene where Kevin is introduced to Pigeon Lady, where there's a woman feeding pigeons. She turns around. And he goes, sick. sick. And if it was 2023, they'd be besties because, you know. Wait, that'd be a compliment. Be, Whoa, sick. Yeah. Sick lady. Yeah. You know the pigeons, <laughs> pigeons <names>? bro. <laughs> but this is 92 and sick is something else. Yeah. yeah. Do you think pigeons have evolved? Like sick as a word is now something different. What about pigeons? So they were disgusting sky rats in 92. What are they now? Delicious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they squab, serve squab, them. Yeah. Yeah, squab. Yeah. But I mean, they're not they're not getting pigeons from, you know, New New York parks. Um, <laughs> no? what do are you, you think sure? Of, what do you think about pigeons in New York parks? They were, you know, flying rats. What are what are they now? All I can think of when I think of New York pigeons is the good feathers from Animaniacs. Chicken boo. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Listen here. They're always plotting plotting crimes. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see it going there, but I, that door is always open. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know for what. The uh, when Joe Pesci was uh, smacking those three <laughs> pigeons at the the ice rink. That's all I could think of. Was like, dude, those are the good feathers. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> It's probably some weird crossover there somewhere. Probably. <laughs> well, Kevin also makes his way immediately to the Plaza Hotel. He listens to his talk boy because he's conveniently been recording everything. He's like, oh my God, like a beacon from God. I'm going to go to the Plaza Hotel. Right. That's where the players of Celebrity Ding Dang Dong stay. <laughs> right. And that's where he runs his credit card scheme. Um, he talks to his talk boy and he highlights like... Oh, I want a you know a mini bar and it has little candies. How do you do? Yeah, and he says this all in you know real time, and we'll explain what Mike and father means. But he's like father, yeah. But he highlights like he wants his little bar and he wants candies and he wants all these things. And then he says credit card, no problem. And then he calls to make reservations at the plaza from their own lobby. And he slows down. It's a feature on the Talkboy where it slows down the audio. So I'm talking like this, but no, I'm talking like this. <laughs> and conveniently, he answers all the questions. And so like a weirdo is like, hello, I would like this bar with candies and a bed. And I'm named Kevin McAllister. Not a follow up. Like, can you spell that appropriately? Can you do this? No, like, there's no in between. They have all the information they need. Right. Can you give us the credit card number? Can you give us the last four digits? No, no, no. Okay. You're just gonna have to do this all when you check in and, there, and big things. What dates are you coming? When are you staying until <laughs> Doesn't when matter. late arrival, early checkout? None of that. Uh, just talk to some people. You're welcome. Anytime. 
But he does call and slows down. He's like, hello, I'm Kevin, or I'm Peter McAllister. The fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Mr. McAllister. What can I do for you? And then they check him in. And then he goes to uh, the woman up front, who I believe is named Mrs. Hester. I had to do some research digging on this. And she checks him in. And he talks about getting uh, into mischief. I did that re- same research. I had to look up her name, too, and yeah, verify that. Yeah. He talks about getting into mischief, because sometimes we all do. And <laughs> she's like, all right, well, I'll talk to your father later. Go up. And he's like, oh, wow, it worked. And she's like, what? Nothing. nothing, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> it's just that easy to commit credit card fraud at a hotel desk in New York. Especially if- when you're the father. <laughs> the father plays a very important part in this movie. <laughs> He, he really does. doesn't, actually. He <laughs> does it. He's really barely in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Think about that. That that's that's true. But one that's... one thing I want to note: we're introduced to uh, Tim Curry. Yes, the intro. Who is Mr. Hector, or known as just the concierge? Wait, wait, so we have Hector and Hester. Yeah, and right. it's, again, nice. another person I had to dig up some names. Is that a reference to something? I don't know, it and I think be. it's only on their name tags. So yeah. I think that's what I found. So, and I was going to slow it down or pause it. But I, I do believe that's the case. It's Mr. Hector and Hester. And he calls Rob Schneider Cedric. But it's it's Cedric. And I had to look this up. His name is Cedric. But he's like, Cedric. Cedric. <laughs> yeah. So the whole time. And he, he basically goes, you know, follow this kid. And we're going to go. We're going to go check what's going on. He gets caught checking through his bag. And he's also tipped a hefty, hefty fruit stripe gum bar. By Kevin. Then he goes swimming. And Did you ever choose fruit stripe gum when I, you were a kid? I loved it as a kid, but it only lasted, I feel, for like two minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Five yeah. minutes and then you're done. Yeah, it was you're awesome. Out. And then you're like, I need another stick. Like a junkie. <laughs> so I, got you. I got a case of the fruit stripes. That's the nuts of the season. <laughs> that, that's a product that gives you the nuts of the season all year round. Fruit stripe gum. A little trivia I read, uh, the plaza does not have a swimming pool, so we're back in Chicago. We're in the Four Seasons, and that's where the hotel swimming scene is filmed. Boom. Yeah. All right. They didn't need the swimming pool scene. Yeah, they didn't nah, need they this didn't. scene at all. No. We get Kevin watching Angels with even filthier faces, if you guys want to talk about that. Yeah, so this is the sequel to the black and white like gangster movie that he was watching in the first movie that he used to scare away uh, the the bandits. Paul's recoiling in horror uh, Mike from an incredibly are, strong beer that he just gave me. <laughs> Mike, Mike and I are splitting a beer, and it is it is a thousand percent booze. It is. It's got to be delicious. It is. It, it, Jeremy, it is delicious. It transcends flavor at points in time. You become the booze. I've become Christmas. I can feel the spirit, and I want to share it. That's that's the nuts of the season. Yeah. No, they're right up there. Right up in your mouth. Before I drank this, I was experiencing the nuts of the season. Is that what drove you to open up the bottle? Yeah. Yeah. That's the magic. (laughs) The magic of, was this 12? I'm not joking. Is that 12%? It's imperial. Yeah, it is. It's twelve. Oh, oh Lord. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like drinking wine. <laughs> oh my God. And, pa- and Paul is drinking his share out of a giant coffee mug. Damn right. Yeah. A Harry Potter coffee mug. How are you also supposed <laughs> to drink it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's how Harry would have wanted it. The nuts of the season. <laughs> <laughs> the hairy nuts of the season. <laughs> but yeah, and so as Jeremy pointed out a couple of times, because this is the same movie. Um, they're going to use angels with even filthier souls in the same way they used it 
the pre- the the previous one in in Home Alone one. Yeah, to scare Correct. off some people, and it happens pretty quickly. Tim Curry tries to sneak in one night because uh, he doesn't believe there's a father. Yeah, Tim Curry's been kind of suspicious since he saw Kevin walk in the lobby. But Kevin slows his roll down by inflating the bozo shower clown and the recording of Uncle Frank in the shower singing <laughs> "Cool <laughs> <journey>. Shower Clown." <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, it's a, it's so a literal this, shower. This clown. is an inflatable clown that his aunt gave him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's for like the pool, and now it has become the shower club. And why do you bring that to New York? It was in his bag. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was in his bag. bag. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, bag. So, so in his bag was batteries for the talk boy, five thousand dollars, <laughs> an address book, <laughs> yeah. oh, right. and, yeah. and maybe some miscellaneous stuff. Right. And uh, an inflatable. He's like a drug An inflatable clown. Clown. Mm. <laughs> and uh, the quote we get from the singing from Cool Jerk is a. Uh, the break is Uncle Frank was originally in the shower. And he goes, get out of here, you little pervert, or I'm going to slap you silly. Um, and then Tim Curry runs. <gasps> I mean, he warned Kevin not to go into the bathroom or else he would grow up never feeling like a real man. Yeah. Uh, that was Whatever that so is. <laughs> that, that, that's why he has the shower club. Yeah. I also like in the recording of Uncle Frank, he immediately goes back to singing. He's like, oh, you're, oh, you're cooking, cooking for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, so... In any situation, you know, your nephew walks in, you're, you're screaming at the concierge, um, you know, you, you just let the, let it roll off you like the water from the shower, friend. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I also like that he put a shower cap on the clown. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed that. You, you authenticity. That's a good that. gag. Yeah. Yeah. We get we get a cutscene back to the monsoon in Miami. Everyone's watching a wonderful life in uh, in Spanish this time. In the first one, it was uh, they were mm-hmm. in France, and so it was in French. And this time, they're in Miami. It's in Spanish. They're in this rundown hotel. Everyone seems miserable. Uh, Kevin is. Uh, we see him back in New York, and he's going through this address book that was conveniently in the bag with all this money, as we noted. He's like, "Oh, Uncle Rob. Uh, that was Uncle Rob from Paris. Uh, he lives in New York." Uh, Maybe I'll plan on stopping by. Like that's convenient of him. Yeah, sure. So cool. I mean, his phone number is there and a bunch of other stuff. So, or if it's not, he could easily look it up or get that information. But yeah, then we get uh, some enchanting music. We get a uh, Christmas star coming in at you with John Williams, which is uh, kind of more the remix. Uh, I agree with Jeremy that there's all of the original Home Alone music kind of remix, but then we get this Christmas star music. It's a choir. Uh, things get a little more serious for Kevin in this movie. He's a little more grown up. Yes. <laughs> more mature. Yeah, sorry. I didn't have anything to follow that with. Yeah. Um, he is more grown up. Have we missed the uh, the Sunday bar yet? I don't I don't think that has happened. Or maybe we that, did. Yes, we did. That's um, um, yeah, three scoops I and drive in now. It was yeah. a little earlier. That's yeah. right well, before when he was watching Angels uh, with uh, yeah. So yeah. Okay, well, that, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. Um, and he wasn't driving. He, no. Well, he wasn't. But he the next morning, he's about to get driven. And this is kind of one of my favorite moments of the movie. And it's just a passing thing. Um, he, he goes. He leaves the room. And uh, what's what's Tim Curry's name? Mr. H- Hector. Mr. Hector. Yeah. He's like apologizing, like, oh my God, because this is the morning after he thinks he walked in on the father in the bathroom, right? Yep. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we, we've got everything as an apology. Um, we got you a limo and a pizza. A pizza. <laughs> a pizza. 
and the seat when they open that pizza box outside, all that steam, all that steam comes oh, out. Man. That pizza looks delicious. Yeah, it was like the best pizza on earth. It, it, well, it probably was. They probably spent the whole day designing that pizza for mm-hmm. that shot alone. Yeah, love that, love that pizza. I, me- I remember uh, Macaulay Culkin had a podcast, and he, I mean, he very much does not like the memories of this movie, and I don't blame him. And really? Just, Why is that? It was just like. He was like, I was freezing cold. Ooh. Like, I was just being, you know, carted around downtown. There's a lot of these outside scenes. It's freezing. It was during the holidays. Like, all I'm doing is, like, take another take, take another take, take another take. And, like, yeah. I'm sure he also looks back and is like, my dad stole all this money. Like, I mean, like, that was, like, implied. Like, right. like he got nothing from this. Um, well, I thought he got that's... nothing from the first one. I thought by the second no, one. No, he they... got more money. The s- but second then it... one, he got four and a half million yeah. dollars. But then he was dad, the highest paid 11 year old. then his dad like, took all of his like family's money, like Kieran Culkin's, his, right. everything. Yeah. like bitch. Yeah. Like, he was his manager, from my understanding, and basically treated his kids like crap. Like, he would stay in hotel rooms, and then, like, Kieran and uh, Macaulay had to, like, share, a, like, a pull-out bed, and then he ended up, like, taking all their money. Like, terribly. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. Wow. Yeah. Well, he seems like he's doing it. That's why you never trust your parents. I saw Macaulay Culkin here. He <laughs> he had a he did a screening of Big Trouble in Little China, and he was part of his podcast. And I got it to see a Q and A. It was a lot of fun. Hmm, nice. nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. That was good. So, I was with you there. That was pretty good. Um, this just kind of sucks that when you're a child actor and you just have no the control of that and you're parents are just in control and when you grow up and you realize looking back just what ha- what happened it just all seems like a spiral yeah that's unfortunate yeah but fortunately mm-hmm. for a kid he goes to duncan's toy chest yeah and he, meets, he has the nicest limo driver in the world yeah and it's basically fao shorts mm-hmm. he meets mr duncan he buys some stuff uh, we're given two turtle doves as a reward because he donates $20 that he doesn't need because he's probably going to spend it on things that would rot his mind and his teeth or maybe <laughs> in that order. Mr. Duncan's taken with him. Mr. Duncan is uh, uh, Wally. Mr. Wally from uh, mm. National Lampoon's Vacation. Uh, just much older now. And he seems nice. And again, he gives him these ornaments and he's like, oh, it's a pair. Give it to uh, the other one to someone, you know, you care about. And, you know, they'll always think about you. And then Kevin sees that Mr. Duncan's painting is on the wall. And he just thought he was some rando like dude working the register. But he's actually the owner. And he thought that was nice. Then we're back on the street. And I I think it seems like this that makes this this one maybe a little bit better than the first one. Because he he meets with the. the, the toy store guy, and then later back with Pigeon Lady, and they have these really heartfelt one-on-ones you just can't do in the first. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we, right. only have, we only have one. I agree. And with the, the old man. The old man Marley. Yeah. yeah. The, the music changes a little bit. It really mm-hmm. sets up like this really like kind of intimate, like one-on-one, you know, growth moment. And it's like, oh, yeah. This is where all the emotions are in the film. And they're kind of playing you too because they know you've seen the first one. They know, hey, you're here's an emotional moment. Yeah, they, we got you now yeah. with the pigeon lady. <laughs> Come on in here. And that's the nuts of the season. That's the nuts. Is the nuts of the season. <laughs> Will um, the nuts of the season ever like meet up with the town cranberry? Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. you get a whole holiday mix. Well, when they meet, you get the you get the ho- you get the stuffing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the holiday stuffing yeah uh we're back on the streets and conveniently uh harry and marv run into kevin Uh, i love i mean this is a classic moment 
He walks out of the toy store. He's got his new Swiss Army knife and a map. Uh, and all of a sudden he's like, hello, buddy, or like whatever he says. And that's, you know, Harry. And Kevin looks up and sees that it's Harry and Marv and just starts <laughs> screaming his, his face off. <laughs> And, it, and it, I mean, this scene for me, a hundred percent holds up. Yeah. I mean, everyone on the in the street of New York City, everyone just is immediately drawn to what's happening. Probably because in broad daylight, a child is screaming. Yeah. Even Joe Pesci's expression is alarmed. <laughs> he's like, he's grabbing for him, and then like shudders his hand back because he looks around. And he's like, oh shit! Like, yeah, we're in what public. What yeah. is going to happen? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm in the most populous city in the United States, and I'm about to snatch a kid off the corner of the most busy intersection. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I. Yeah. I. I have no idea, but yeah, that, I mean, it's just an amazing scene. Um, Kevin immediately runs off. Um, he buys he buys some fake pearls, which is very nice, mm-hmm. and you know throws them on the floor. Yeah, and we get the the Home Alone fall is like a, like a na- the name now for a style of like weighted thud fall. Does that make sense? Do you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, and we have uh, the first in the first one. It was when Joe Pesci slips on the ice for the first time, and in this one, you have both of them uh, hitting those pearls and just going down real hard. Yeah, they, they would be dead <laughs> if this movie five yeah. times over. Yeah, just back of the skull oh, crushed correct. in. Yeah, <laughs> Kevin Kevin runs back to the plaza for help, and Tim Curry says, "What? Uh, they wouldn't accept your stolen credit." card kevin freaks out uh runs back to his room i like his first order of business he packs plane tickets and cookies cookies yeah <laughs> cookies from that probably cost fifty dollars a piece yeah from the mini bar he went from the cookies first didn't he probably yeah. he opened the door he ran grabbed three cookies i mean also priorities. what is he gonna do with this plane ticket like hi i'm new york i need to get back to chicago yeah right well he's a he's a dunk he didn't know what the fuck he's doing yeah it was a different time yeah <laughs> it honestly in 1991 probably would have worked yeah like, oh, very good especially show. a yeah. child like yeah. i just need to get here like oh man we made a we made a huge mistake yeah <laughs> that's american airlines going hmm please don't tell anyone yeah <laughs> do uh okay when like pre like internet plane ticket days like you know, pre nine eleven, could you not just get both boarding passes at the same time? Oh yeah. So he probably has a return ticket. Probably, but he would be in New York. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. you have to get a ticket to Tampa so you could get his return <laughs> plane ticket to work. That might have worked. Well, well, I think they'd just be like, "I'm not giving you anything. Why aren't you in Miami?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because your dumbasses took me here. But but since it is a kid, I bet yeah. someone would be like, "Just put him on a plane. Yeah. Shut up." And yeah. Put him yeah. On yeah. A plane. yeah. Which is. How this kind of happened? Anyway. Started. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, Kid, we're gonna give you two bags of like roasted nuts, maybe three. We just don't talk about. Are they this. the nuts of the holiday? That's the nuts of the season. <laughs> okay. Holiday <laughs> nuts. Yeah, some seasonal nuts and like one of those little pilot wings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Where the fuck are we in this movie? Uh, so like, uh, he's in the room immediately. Oh, that's right. He's con- getting the plane tickets and the, and the cookies. In. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this is where he uses Hester the movie. and Cedric and... Little Mo with the gimpy leg. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cliff, the security guard, is accused of smooching. <laughs> smooching, everyone's it's smooching. No, no, it's a lie. It's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. <laughs> yeah, Kevin runs out uh, yet again, just running rampant. Mm-hmm. And then he runs right out the back door, and oddly, Harry and Marv are just waiting they're for him. They're in the alley. They I know. Mean, yeah, they're right there. 
I mean, I'm sure there's 50 back doors to this ginormous <laughs> hotel. Uh, They're just at this back door. And I like that Marv immediately just rips up his plane ticket and highlights, what are you going to even do with this? Because you're not in Miami. Like, like mm-hmm. Marv immediately identifies what I just noted. Like, dude, this is worthless. Good thing they don't get rid of his cookies. Yeah. 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 Didn't think about that. Yeah, but they rip up his plane ticket. How do they know what hotel he was in? Exactly. That well, too. I think they watched they him. Like, saw him. They saw him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. No, fair. Fair enough. But yeah, they're going to take him yeah. to, to the park. Yeah, and shoot him. They tell him yeah. numerous times, we're going to kill you, and here's our plan, well, and now we're going to rob a toy store, but we're going to kill you super dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were going to take him to the subway tunnels originally. Yeah. And put, then... Put uh, him on ice. Yeah, well. yeah, put him on ice, and then they uh, ran into that lady that uh, that smacked uh, Marv the well, first time. What I've, what I've realized transitioning, you know, fall into winter, and when you're experiencing the nuts of the season... Plans change, friend. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. Their plans changed. Yeah. yeah. You got to pivot. Sometimes you got to pinch. Sometimes yeah, you pinch, pinch yeah. a little bit to change the plans. Yeah, pivot Kevin pinch. pinches uh, some lady's ass. Mm. Right. She she clocks Marv and then clocks Harry. <laughs> yeah. I, I did like Marv's telling of his uh, the tales. is kind of like the comedic, mm-hmm. um, comical, cartoonish. Yeah, we're going to do this and this and this. And Kevin is recording this, by the way, mm-hmm. in his talk boy. As Marv is confessing everything that he's going to do and everything that they're going to do to him after they get away with it. And then they rerun into a woman that uh, Marv once saw that we skipped over, but he bumped into her before and got slapped. And this is kind of a genius and awful thing to do, but uh, he's being, Kevin is being, you know, grabbed and told he's going to be shot. So he sees this woman in front of her, pinches her butt as a child. And the woman turns around, <laughs> punches uh, Marv because, you know, they met before. And Kevin says he did it, uh, highlighting Harry. And she punches him. And he's like, thanks. And she goes, hmm. <laughs> and, and walks <laughs> off. And I was like, hey, like whatever the hell you need to do to get out of that situation. Sure. But that yeah. woman just like clocked both of them. He runs into Central Park. And throwback to number one, that in the first one, Kevin vanishes, and uh, Marv says, kids are afraid of the dark. And in this one, it's, kids are scared of the park. <laughs> and he's in Central Park. And now we're back into the hotel in Miami, and everyone's still watching A Wonderful Life in Spanish. Uh, and then they get a phone call that Kevin's in New York. The credit card has been activated at the Plaza Hotel. The police are looking for him, but he ran off. The family immediately hops on an airplane, and Kevin is missing. Um but yeah, then Kevin goes to uh, his Peter's uh, brother's house, Uncle Rob, and uh, Aunt Georgette's. But the place is being renovated. He kind of looks in. Um, and then it gets really weird for Kevin. He, This is a bizarre scene. So Kevin <laughs> sees the gritty side of New York. And so people are like, oh, I'm talking to myself. I'm crazy. And they get in Kevin's face. And Kevin steps backwards. And one guy's like, where are you? Watch where you're walking, kid. (laughs) (laughs) Then a bunch of sex workers say, like, do you want me to read you a bedtime story? I'm like, why would they say that to him? That was super bizarre. He runs They're trying to be nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just trying to welcome him into their city. Yeah. I mean, it's a damn it's rare. A big th- it's a damn rare thing, you know. Someone has pride of their city. Just yeah. wanted to show you the city. <laughs> right, it's a future customer. So yeah. uh, he hails a cab, and this is super. I've said this to Mike almost every year. Kevin gets in this cab and goes, "Boy, it's scary out there." And the cab driver goes, 
ain't much better in here, kid. <laughs> and turns around. I'm like, D- don't you just want to like this your cab fare? Why would you say that about yourself? <laughs> so then Kevin gets out of the car and runs off uh, yet again. I think you know. And then he eats a cookie. This dude had like a, he had like two different colored eyes, like a like a scar or something. He's probably been dealing with it in therapy for months. He finally got like you know the uh, the the self confidence to kind of laugh at himself and joke about it. Tested out on the wrong kid. Yeah. This is out on a fair. You've just yeah. you just experienced the, the definition of the nuts of the city. That guy's taking that cab into the Hudson River tonight. Thanks, Kevin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a former cab driver, I can contest that there's some customers you just don't want to deal with. Did you turn around and go, ain't much better in here, kid? (laughs) I probably should have. It would have worked a lot better than, I'm going to shoot you if you don't get out of this cab. No, I never said that. I never never said that. (laughs) But it would have worked better. Drop me off at 16th in California. Ain't much better in here, kid. (laughs) (laughs) The opportunity never came up to use that line. I'm so glad I probably should have never used that oh non segue <laughs> into not nothingness jeremy but uh, us watching this movie perfect timing it is snow covered in denver colorado what's it what's the nice. weather, what's the weather like out there uh like well today it got a little chilly but it started off i mean the past like week it's been 60 here mm. yeah. yeah like low like 60 That's and during nice. the day high 40s at night i'm i'm hoping uh when this airs that it's a uh, white christmas time because this will be right before christmas so i hope this kind of keeps there's, up there's not going to be any snow here in st louis i mean la- i think la- i think last year is like 60 degrees one of my favorite moments I did in denver remember, yeah i mean it was like wow. blazing sun and we're like oh yeah uh one of my favorite moments though was and i don't know if i mentioned it last christmas but uh christmas fun memories 2020 the pandemic i had not seen lamar or mike physically in ages and um i mean we we communicated online stuff like that we were still watching stuff together but both these guys rolled up to my house and in our backyard uh we watched gremlins off a projector drank whiskey there was snow it was cold it was like the first time all three of us had seen one another ate pie and that was Christmas night, and I thought that was that was like one like no joke one of my favorite Christmas memories. Like my wife made this pie, she was coming out. She's like, ah, uh, you know, my daughter was you know kind of a newborn at that point in time, still uh, very very early in the months, and so it was like a break for her. It was just like a very chill moment, especially after no one had seen each other. So kind of crazy. But, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that was I, nice. I like that. It was like well, snowy. <clears throat> and it was just that's weird. awesome. I don't remember that at all. That's crazy. <laughs> the, next, the next time I'm in Denver, I want Mike to come swing by the Stabridge Suites in like a Winnebago and okay. then pick me up. And then like we all go out to a boxing match and almost get killed. <laughs> if yeah. those are the circumstances, I will definitely be there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can accommodate that. I'll rent it. We'll drink their whiskey in the, in the Winnebago. Yeah. I'm just borrowing this. They don't know. Yeah. It's for my clients. <laughs> Well, back back to Home Alone too. He's now in Central. He's now in Central Park eating cookies, and his foot gets stuck because he, he tries to run off as he sees the pigeon lady, and she frees him, and he runs off after he screams, and then runs back and apologizes because he's like, "Oh, you're not that scary," and she's like, "No." <laughs> well, she's talking. <laughs> That's not really the dialogue, but he's like, "Do you, do you want me to stop talking to you?" No. Um. Am I pretty cool? Yes. <laughs> You're the it's close enough. I, so she's Jack Palance's mouth. Hey, fella. Hey, 
Hey, hey, hot rod. (laughs) You got something to do tonight. Hey, young seed. You want to meet the pigeon seed on the flow side? Um, Well, he asked her for a hot chocolate date, and they go to Carnegie Hall, and sure as hell, they have a little, they have uh, my favorite talk of the conversation in the movie, or my favorite talk, my best conversation in the movie. Uh, he, they start talking. They get to know one another. She was married. She had a family. This guy fell in, out of love with her. Uh, she thought about having kids once. She couldn't. She became now this pigeon lady. And he's like, you know, similar story. I had rollerblades that I never used. And my parents in their richy rich house gave them to me. And I outgrew them. And you might outgrow your heart. So get over it. And she's <laughs> like, I don't know about that. And he's like, you know. <laughs> no, I, I do. I'm right. You know. I live with, you know, a bunch of kids in my mansion and I think I know what I'm talking about. She's like, yes. Mm, (laughs) And then he's like, I got to go because you just told me I could undo all my wrong deeds today because doing the right thing counts extra on Christmas. So he goes and booby traps the holy hell out of Uncle Rob and Aunt Georgette's house. And, who are in Paris. Yeah. yeah. And since he knows of From the, the last movie. <laughs> and since he knows of the Duncan uh, he- toy chest heist, he develops a plan. And then he goes and takes a picture of them robbing the place. And they chase him out. And they have a seesaw moment. And uh, Harry almost breaks his back on a car. Uh, but breaks the car. And then they chase him in Uncle Rob's house. And this is where we got a core moment of the movie. <laughs> Movie yeah, I would also begins. like to note that he does all this in like two and a half hours. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He does, I mean, he's a, he's better than most New York City contractors in terms of his capabilities. <laughs> well, he got yes. a lot of practice last year. <laughs> yeah, he's been thinking about it for years. That and he's focused. And the yeah. contractors, they have to build a lot of stuff. All he needs to do is just murder two <laughs> burglars. <laughs> I also thought this whole time, you know, I think about this in Home Alone 1 as well, but can you imagine Uncle Rob and his family come back or the workers uh, yeah. that Still are up the next day? Yeah, like, like the, the contractors fuck? and everyone, like when Christmas break is done and they come back in and they're like, what? Like people broke into your house, there's paint everywhere, kerosenes and toilets, things have exploded. Um, Who opened these 36 like, cans like, of varnish? Damn uh, it. <laughs> this renovation bill just went up $100,000 yeah. <laughs> minimum. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's getting, they can afford it. Getting insurance involved for yeah. sure. Uncle Rob's probably like, sure. I mean, we we've talked. There's a theory that uh, uh, Peter Kevin's dad works for the mob. I know this is the meme that goes around online. Like, how could he afford uh, first class tickets to Paris and to send everyone to Paris and to live in that house? What the hell is his job? People have speculated mob connections. I love it. This mm-hmm. deep-rooted meme, I just heard about this the first time when you mentioned it the other day when we were watching it. It's been going on for a couple, at least a few years. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. I had no idea about this. Yeah. It's pretty deep. Yeah. And I can believe a lot of it. I mean, yeah. how else do you explain this vast amount of money and this house Rick. and these trips? They, what they else? Could, they could just be old money. Rick! Yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. like rich people are only... Rich because of criminal activity. Yeah. It doesn't feel like old money, though. Old right. money spends it differently. <clears throat> he, well, it feels like death money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. Old also, money doesn't give you uh, fucking shower clowns for right. your Christmas present. <laughs> old money can't buy right. shower clowns? That's a, that's a shirt right Harry's there. Harry's got the M burned into his hand. He's not the first person to get the M burned into his hand. <laughs> it also, the, the reaction that Peter has in the first movie when Joe Pesci first shows up dressed as a cop, like, 
That's the reaction of a mobster when a cop shows up. Yeah, like, am I under arrest or something? Yes. Yeah. I, I love the first movie his interactions with Joe Pesci because he's like, "Am I under arrest?" He's like, "Nah." He's like, "Okay, whatever, buddy," and he like walks off. Right. If there was a police officer in the front of my house, I wouldn't just walk. Like, why would I walk off? Who's supposed to talk to him at this point? <laughs> yeah, in time? He I'm just fucking to... leaves. Yeah. So right. yeah, yeah. As it all connects. But now, yeah. but but now we're in the crazy house. We're um, in the crazy house. Yeah. Kevin so, is throwing. Brick after brick at these guys. Well, the the one thing to note is uh, the McAllisters are in New York as well, and they do have their interactions with the Plaza Hotel. Kate and the family are furious. Uh, they're given a free penthouse. Uh, they're clearly not wowed by this. Uh, uh, Kate, uh, Kevin's mom asks, you know, like, uh, what kind of idiots do you have working here, uh, Miss Hester? <laughs> The, the, de- the desk clerk, yeah, the fine, the finest in New York, and everyone nods. Cedric, <laughs> Cedric, and Mister Hester nod. Um, Kate's super pissed. Uh, uh, Mister Hester, Tim Curry is, keeps highlighting, you know, it's like searching for a needle in a haystack. She eventually slaps him across the face after they say stop talking numerous times. Says, "Okay, very well, bundle up. It's a bit nippy outside," uh, <laughs> and she goes storming off. Um, Kevin stops by Duncan's toy chest, as noted, uh, and now we're at that fun house of hell, just like number one. Mm-hmm. That was the only point where Catherine O'Hara was she it conjured parts of of her character from the first movie, where she was really angry and wanted to get her, her way. This is the only time where I really f- thought that. This was the real character of her. I, I agree with you. So now I don't feel this is the only time. I feel when she's in New York until the end of the film. Okay. Yeah. Like, like now, now we're seeing, I totally agree with you, Lamar, that this is the original <coughs> Kate. Um, Cause she is a little more skittish or uh, she's just not as strong. But when she's in New York, she is like all cylinders fire, like mom mode. Yes. Um, yeah, she is. Yeah, and she's she's awesome. Like you know, for the rest of this, but I have I have in order a lot of the traps that are coming. Yeah, there's a lot, a lot, of, a lot of bricks thrown. So yeah, brick, bricks from the rooftop. Four of them. Yeah. Four bricks to the face. Yeah, Marv. Mar- Marv just gets beaten left and right. Uh, takes the blunt of this. I do love the conversation. Harry's like, just throw it on the pictures. We'll leave, and uh, just another brick all all to Marv's face. <laughs> Uh, the first trap is Marv tries to pull out the front doorknob and a staple gun goes right to his oh, nuts of the season <laughs> and his nose. Oh, yeah, he gets it. Uh, Very nice. Front, back and nose. Uh, front nuts and, and rear nuts. Again, uh, to, to highlight, if you guys have not seen this for a while, Marv is is Daniel Stern and Harry is Joe Pesci. Next we get Harry slips in the alley on some of the monster goo that Kevin got from Harry's toy uh, from the toy chest, Duncan's toy chest. Uh, then uh, Harry, Harry falls down a hole in the basement uh, at some point in time. He says, I I've reached the top and just falls face first right into a basement. Uh, there's no floor. Uh, Harry then gets a tool bag of tools unzipped to his head. Um, Marv comes cool to bags and goo. Yeah, <laughs> Marv comes to cracks his back. Uh, says one of my favorite quotes. Wow, what a hole! <laughs> what a hole! <laughs> I used to use that quote. I work just randomly. He, sl- <laughs> he slips on uh, lots of slime that was left, uh, which would be like fifty canisters of that slime. Uh, he slips <laughs> into a bunch of paint and cans, turpentine, various other things. 
He then gets out of the paint can eventually, uh, erects some kind of half-assed <laughs> ladder scheme, and climbs out. Uh, Harry's checking lights along the way, and uh, he ignites a canister of fuel and flame to his head. I told Lamar, <laughs> I, this is one of my favorite quotes, he mumbles, he goes, oh, you got me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that until this watch which is i'm so glad that if you watch home alone year after year after year you'll discover something new every time and this time what did you say mike this is our 19th oh, yeah, time probably, yeah. uh, this is the first time i meant i caught that thank you for mentioning that paul <laughs> yeah there's something new every time if you do this every year i tell you guys weird scene uh marv comes to from the paint uh tries to wash it off kevin is in the basement with him so how is he getting in and out with ease like this so weird mm. but he puts uh some like like what are they i think i think it was like the power supply for a welder sure he plugs that into the water supply, so Marv electrocutes himself and turns into a skeleton for a little bit. Uh, this is my John Hughes spot. Yeah, this mm-hmm. yell and the yell later with the park pigeons are my favorite yells on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, Mar- uh, yeah. So, oh, so if I didn't finish it, uh, Harry also puts his head into a toilet to knock out the flames. Oh, he does like some Mary Lou Retton gymnastics yeah. shit yeah. to get his head That's in the toilet. That's Jim Cotta. Yeah, he does. He Jim Cotta's right in there. <laughs> Uh, Marv Marv eventually does climb out and then uh, Harry falls off a broken ladder that Kevin runs up Uh, Marv eventually oh before he uh, gets out he does pull a bag of plaster to his head which would have killed him in 50,000 ways 100 pound bag onto the neck yeah he does get out though Uh, both go up the stairs uh, and they are like, no, 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 he did this to us last year. So some paint canisters come down, like in Home Alone 1. One comes for one, one comes for another. And then they actually do run up the stairs, and this big, bulging, like, old school Like a lead pipe. pipe. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I mean, it is like a plumber's piping from, like, 1920s. That yeah, that would have killed them immediately. So this whole thing swings down. They are knocked to the basement. They, yeah, they would have been dead in 15 different ways. But this is truly one of my favorite pains scenes kevin cuts it and the pipe this pipe goes bounce bounce down the stairs and then like air leaps and there's like hang time and it zooms into joe pesci and he just i'm gonna have mike deliver joe pesci just looks at the screen and goes no and then and then he's your thud (laughs) yeah i mean i think we've all been there in life where like you have one moment and it's like you you could say something, but it's not going to stop whatever's going to happen. It's yeah. I mean, these scenes are great. Uh, but Daniel Stern between electrocutions being yelled at and, or yelling and such are are awesome. Uh, Kevin does run up the stairs. Eventually, uh, they do get up. Uh, he ties a rope to a tool chest that beats the crap out of them, and they go face to face against a wall and this door. Um. And then Kevin goes up the to the rooftop and then climbs down some rope. The rope is covered in kerosene. The, uh, Harry and Marv try to go down as well, and Kevin <laughs> lights them on fire. Yeah. Well, you get some kind of new aftershave. <laughs> <laughs> this this is the Jim Cotta moment. Yeah. Before yeah. they go yeah. down, before they go down the rope, though, uh, you do get Marv going suck brick kid, <laughs> throwing a bunch of bricks. Uh, he, he does not hit Kevin. He, he threw one brick. One brick. He one had brick. a mountain of bricks there. He should have been throwing more bricks. Yeah. I, I would have been throwing a lot of bricks. <laughs> but the way he missed, I can only imagine that he 
would only miss with all the other ones. Yeah, you just got this way off. Well, I mean, after all the trying. head trauma, I think his peripheral vision that is too. not great. Yeah. He's, not, he's not focusing well. <laughs> he's got no depth perception. Uh, these two burglars do fall down the ropes. Uh, more. I have no idea. Paint thinner, paint, plaster, varnish, everything. Yeah. It's varnish. Yeah. It's varnish. All, all that's all over them. Kevin runs to a payphone, calls the police, says, go to Central Park. I found the guys who robbed Dun- Duncan's toy chest. Look for look for fireworks. <laughs> uh, hurry, they the got father. a gun. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> runs in and uh, tries to run in and slips on some ice. And they both apprehend him. Uh, some other <laughs> These two burglars are sentient beings sent only to kill Kevin on this earth. <laughs> They've accosted him, and they are like super pissed. They're going to kill him. I like. They have quotes. I never made it to the sixth grade, kid. Looks like you you're not going to either, says Harry. Nice. Um, and then the pigeon lady, lady appears, and I do like this. Like they are about to shoot her, and they're so covered in varnish and goo that Harry cannot pull it off. Shoot her, shoot her, shoot her. I'm trying, man. And she's like, run, Kevin. So Kevin just bolts, mm-hmm. and she throws uh, pigeon seed all over these two guys. The seed of the season. <laughs> this is the seed of the season. <laughs> I, I don't like this. There's going to be so many dead pigeons by the morning. Pigeons yeah. are everywhere, but but guys, who doesn't love the Daniel Stern scream here? Yeah, uh, it, yeah. it looks like a horror film. It looks like yeah. uh, it looks like Daniel Stern is being eaten alive by these pigeons. Uh, you hear? Aah! I will contest that several people wanted to rewind it just to hear yes. that scream mm-hmm. again. And it's, it is glorious, and you will too if you rewatch this movie. Yeah, it's part of the season. one of the pieces of trivia is that they did this to film the scene in like real life. Like they covered them in like this sticky stuff with bird seed and then they use 300 different pigeons to uh film the scene that's right. picking the that's seed from. good yeah. good so are those are those real pigeon feathers do you think probably i don't know like a, after the pigeons <laughs> left you don't yeah, want to know knows? how many pigeons they when, killed when, when we get in <laughs> if they have when we get the true 8k transfer of this movie we're gonna finally be able to tell. Yeah, let's <laughs> find out <laughs> Well, they're freaking out and then being accosted and eaten alive by pigeons. And Kevin goes, bye, thanks, and lights some fireworks and runs off. The cops show up immediately. Jeez, looks like the 4th of July. And they, they run into the park uh, and they apprehend Harry and Marv. Uh, they shoot a gun. All the pigeons fly away. I do like that cops are like, oh, too bad. You already missed the prison exchange of presents. <laughs> and Marv is so sad. He's like, oh, oh we missed presents. Gift? Yeah, he's like, sorry, you know, we used to be the sticky bandits. Now we're, or we used to be the wet bandits. Now we're the sticky bandits. And the whole time Harry's like, shut up, dude. He's like, you know, he's just a little cranky. We broke out of prison. <laughs> Tells him pretty much everything. The cops are like, oh my God, get them out of there. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, we see Kate, uh, Kevin's mom on the street. And she is asking everyone, if she has a picture of Kevin. Have you seen him? Have you seen him? She sees some uh, cops parked all away and, you know, ask them. He's like, no. And the cop's like really weird about it. He's like, listen, ma'am, you just got to trust us. Like, if you're a cop, do you think any frantic mom looking for her kid is going to be like, oh, okay. Oh, you're right, officer. I'll go home. I'll just be at the diner getting some hot chocolate. <laughs> um, and she, she she calls him out. She's like, you know, do you have kids? He's like, yes, ma'am. She's like, if your kids were missing, what would you do? And he's like, I'd do the same thing. You just got to think, like, where would they go? And she's like, oh, my God, I know where he is. And uh, we go to Rockefeller, uh, Rockefeller Center, uh, the biggest tree, uh, big 30 Rock fans, uh, especially Mike and I in this room. 
see it all the time. Seasonal. We got to watch some of those 30 Rock episodes. It's L- not Luda like, Christmas. Luda Christmas. <laughs> and uh, we're at Rockefeller Center, and Kevin is just kind of apologizing to the sky. I wish I could see my mom. I know it can't be today, but maybe one day. I just want to say I'm sorry. And I'm not going to lie. This is my favorite scene of the movie. I do like that there is kind of like this, the shining of Christmas. Uh, it's the nuts of the season. It's the resolve of the nuts of the season. Uh, that there's always this connection that she kind of knows that he's missing, that something's wrong, that she knows where he is and he has an affinity for Christmas trees. I don't know why he would know about this one specifically. He seems to know very little about many things, but he, <laughs> he was standing on top of the world trade center earlier. He so pointed I'm, it. I'm pretty sure yeah. he's like, I'll he find that he's one going in New York city. I'll find that. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's on foot everywhere. Um, it's funny you say that. Just for shits, like, I googled the distance between uh, the Rockefeller Plaza Christmas tree and the address that was listed for his uncle's house. It's like three and a half miles. Yeah. That kid's I, moving. I don't know the layout of New York, but between, like, Uncle Rob's and, like, Chinatown and, you know, the, the Twin Towers and Central Park and all of these things... Yeah, he's got to be going in like really weird directions that are not. Remember, he's out of money now that are not just super accessible. Like, I don't know where he's going. Where, where the deleted scenes, him like scamming his way, like a little scamp on the subway. Yeah. <laughs> he's <laughs> stealing bikes and stuff. He, he just becomes another element of New York City's crime scene. <laughs> he he pulls a Bart Simpson. He's like, I'll do anything for money. I'll lick the rail. Does remind me? Oh, this is a poor choice. <laughs> I do remember that. I can't remember that scene specifically, but yes. Well, everyone's reunited, and Mom and uh, Kevin are there, and Kevin and her both apologize. They hug and they make up. Uh, we do see a cut scene of just the best detective work <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Mr. Duncan is at the toy store. Some random police Joe is like, hey, looks like some kid left a note. It was just a kid. No, I'm wearing gloves. We need to examine this. He just takes it off with a rubber band and hands it. Doesn't even fully read it. Just hands it to Mr. Duncan. Well, also, like, this is... The the, wet, the sticky bandits have been apprehended. This is noted in this scene. Yeah. There are cops everywhere. And this is the first time they found the brick that broke the window. And well, what, what be, have they been doing there? Also, also wouldn't you be curious, like, why a kid did it? Like, maybe read the note before you give it to Mr. Duncan. No, like, they didn't like, care. They yeah. already found him. They don't give a mm-hmm. shit. Case closed. But, but yeah. it's written on stationery from the plaza. It highlights, you know, exactly who it's from. And Kevin highlights in the note, I'm sorry, but he had to do this. He would still pay for the window. And Mr. Duncan goes, Mike, you could say it. <laughs> Turtle doves. <laughs> and Mr. Duncan then proceeds to send Kevin and his family what would probably be from like an FAO Schwartz esque store. I don't know, $25,000 of toys. Oh, yeah, maybe more. More than what Marvin Harry stole. Right. And just remember, Kevin ordered some room service that we noted before, and the people are going to be pissed off about this. So the next morning, everyone wakes up. Well, it's actually, you know, uh, Kieran Culkin, it's fuller. Uh, he did not wet the bed, and he wakes up, starts drinking some Coke, and uh, he's dancing around, and he tells Kevin that Santa's omnipresent, and you got to believe, and they go into the second story of the <laughs> penthouse they're given, oh, and there is $25,000 plus of wrapped toys that apparently no one, a family of 50 staying in this penthouse, did not hear people dolly in gifts <laughs> and a tree, and amongst other things, and they start dishing out gifts. 
Buzz gives a rousing speech that <laughs> Kevin should go first. This is one of my favorite moments in this movie, and it's a real quick throwaway gag. When Buzz tries to get everyone's attention by doing like the finger in the mouth <laughs> whistle. whistle, he just goes like, <laughs> and they don't focus it. on it. It's just real quick. I don't know. That kills me every time I see it. Yeah, he, fail, he fails every which way. He's like, everyone, stop with this gooey sh- uh, yeah, show, show of, of emotion. emotion. <laughs> uh, and he's, he highlights that, you know, if Kevin didn't screw up so royally, bonehead, we wouldn't have this awesome room and this awesome penthouse and a truckload of gifts. So Kevin should open the first gift, but then I but should then go and, and then... everyone else. Um, and who knows how that those gifts are being div- divvied up. But Kevin is about to open a gift and thinks, I'm going to go visit the pigeon lady mm-hmm. and gives her a turtle dove. What's this? <laughs> she says. <laughs> and as Colin noted, if it's not pigeon related, she does not know anything about anything. She only knows one, <laughs> one kind of bird. It's pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he explains the rules of pigeons that uh, are turtle doves. <laughs> that I have one, you have one, I'll never forget you. Oh, Kevin. And they embrace. But then Cedric... Uh, Rob Schneider delivers a bill to the hotel and it's Buzz and it's a bill for $967.43 and just remember they're staying in a uh, penthouse that's two floors it'd probably be I guessed $8,000 a night yeah in 1992 standards yeah Yeah. Uh, which was insane uh, that and this kid was missing who cares like He's like 13 years old. He spent a hundred or a thousand dollars on room service. I know that's insane, but he's not dead. So, and everyone's staying in like free and getting free stuff. I don't know. It's yeah. crazy. But I'm sure the pigeon lady's super, super happy that Kevin has to Yeah, she'll home. never see yeah, Kevin again. But, hey, I, I'm staying in the Plaza Hotel. I got a truckload of gifts. We're getting free food. I'll never see you. I know you have no food, no place to stay. Take it easy. Turtle doves, peace out. Kevin, you spent this on room service. They run off, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> Do you know? Get, okay. The Royal Suite at the Plaza Hotel. Guess what it costs Yikes. now per night. Uh, I'm like guess 10k keep keep going hold on hold on holy shit 20k is it seventeen thousand dollars keep keep going going. a night keep going holy wait too high 42 time out is this is this like are you looking at tonight like next week like december no just like average cost 42 it is 40 that's 40 a night for the royal suite wow all right wow and this article is from 2018 so maybe more now (laughs) Wow. Okay, Kevin was really wow. really living it And up. no pool. Yeah, Fucking yeah, assholes. No pool. <laughs> well, before we before we leave off this holiday season on all these joyous things, remember, please, hopefully all of you are having a good time. Hopefully when this airs, it is a white Christmas-type setting in Denver, Colorado, and where you live. Hopefully everyone is doing well. Uh, reach out to us, rabbittroopsuckspodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up if you have some movie suggestions, you want to chat movies, you want to hear Mike's isolated vocals, you want to hear about our merchandise, stickers, shower curtains, skateboards, any of these things, or go to rabbittroopsucks.com and you could see all those things and links and pictures and all that stuff. Or go to Instagram and Facebook. We have sites on both. So, yeah, how did everyone feel? I, I feel we have to start with Colin. Colin, what did you think about Home Alone 2? Uh, yeah, I had a super good time. Oh, I yeah. really liked it a lot. Um, during this discussion, I did realize that it absolutely is one of those movies that you can't actually think about in any which way. Oh, no. But if you just sit down and enjoy it, you're going to have such a good time. It was super fun. Hell yeah, I'm 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 glad to hear it. So, as someone who liked Home Alone one, do you feel it's comparable? Do you like this one better, worse? 
Um, I think it's one. Yeah, it's probably a little bit better. I, th- I think you know it has the same elements that make Home Alone great, where you know uh, Kevin is just like a very normal person. Everyone else around him is kind of an idiot. So you kind of, like as a kid watching this movie, you feel like the kids get the one up on the adults, um, and the and uh, the sequel just has a little bit more. Where he, as you know a kid exploring New York, he gets to have these like one on one moments with you know the. Uh, the toy store owner and pigeon lady and you know maybe they could have thrown a john candy uh scene in there at the tree before the mom comes in that could be your third moment Uh, and and that yeah yeah, and this would have been and that would have been great but i think that that really makes this uh you know just a super fun romp yeah for me this totally holds up it's crazy that i saw this movie in 1992 sitting next to jeremy uh and we he him and i had both had already seen it I mean, it was like a movie that was out for a few weeks or whatever, and like most kids had already seen it. I probably saw it the first time with Jeremy and then saw it a second time in school with Jeremy. Uh, I have a lot of fun with this. Uh, John Williams' soundtrack is a huge pull for me. Um, it's it's weird that I'd be like, ah, Christmas score, but it's just done so well. John Williams is amazing. John Williams forever. Um, I think this movie's a lot of fun. This is where this franchise sh- should have totally stopped. And now it's just clearly like a cash grab. I'm glad Macaulay Culkin didn't do a third part. Uh, I don't feel there needs to be any more parts. Um, This movie for me is like an odd sequel that just worked. I also have a lot of fond memories that one of my friends and I, uh, I bought this movie at a flea market in Alabama. And uh, me and my friend just watched it uh, during the summer over and over and over again. Uh, Weirdly enough that we just watched it all throughout the summer. Uh, then clearly I watch it for every Christmas, but yeah, total total fun. Who's next? I'll go next yeah. because I wanted to mention something that you mentioned, Paul, in your analysis about John Williams. Love John Williams as well, but I feel his presence in this movie is not as big as it was in the first or any other of his movies. And I feel like in this movie they really shoved in a lot of the uh, classic Christmas rock movies, uh, not movies, songs like Jingle Bell Rock. It's Christmas all over. Tom Petty, you get, uh, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. There's a lot of filler Christmas songs in this movie. And I don't know why that is, but it makes it feel different than Home Alone 1. Where Home Alone, the original, was a lot more John Williams. You get some significant and signature well well you know you remember he directed that children's choir song so oh, that's right so, yeah, like, I know so what you that, mean, yeah. that's the big replacement i feel that you get like yes yeah i know what you're talking bright. about i love um, that yeah so like that's like a huge new song and it's done in three or four different ways like yeah. you hear part of it then you hear more of it as a song and you hear more of it as a score so don't don't rule those scenes out. One thing I do want to note. Sorry, I, mean, I don't want to. No, that's that is one thing that I thought of. Like the music, there's a transitional scene where Tim Curry finds out that Kevin's credit card is stolen. Kevin's watching The Grinch, and The Grinch has this oh, you know, huge yes. smile, and then it fades into Tim Curry smiling. And you're like, ah, it looks good. But then he opens his mouth and shows his teeth. And you're like, wow, this transition is awesome. <laughs> I'm so um, glad you mentioned that. Yeah. That was a great transition. Yeah. I mean, Tim Curry Tim Curry is amazing. I asked uh, Colin if he knew Tim Curry. Uh, 
if he had like a favorite and Tim uh, Collins said Clue Clue is a huge movie for Clue's my wife and awesome. I yeah, my wife and I have Clue on like in the background in so many different times we love Tim Curry we love that movie I would gladly do that movie this would be Clue would be a great movie for yeah that would, be, that would be fun we talk about the, the, the endings and how we felt about them absolutely <laughs> the, this movie is iconic I can't add more to my analysis of this except that um in comparison when i summarize this movie i'm kind of doing it in comparison to the first one i can't just review this movie as just a movie on its own it's compared to the first one and during my 19th viewing of this movie (laughs) with you guys or with some of you guys my first with some of you my second third i don't know whatever um i I changed. I gotta go with Home Alone. The first one is the wow. better movie. Okay. Um, I love this movie a lot. And for years, I said, "Man, they really upped the game on it." And they have in a lot of aspects. But as a whole, as a Christmas movie, the feelings, like the Catherine O'Hara and um, Macaulay Culkin connection. Oh yeah, it's much stronger. In it's one. stronger mm-hmm. in the first one. And I feel like that's a important part with a Christmas movie like this. Even though it's Home Alone is slapstick, it's. Kevin McAllister killing two burglars, <laughs> uh, which is where this movie succeeds. Where the first movie it didn't fail. I mean, it was a success. This movie ramped up the insanity and violence. But um, I feel like the the heart of Home Alone is in the first one, and I like the first one a little bit more. But the second one, the violence. You you gotta love it. Yeah, and I like the one more thing before I toss it up. I like that it's a uh, it's he's in New York and it's supposed to be about he's lost in New York, but it's not like a New York movie. They don't pinpoint like every um one of my scene like every yeah, he's like not going to like a baseball yeah game. he's not, not going, going to Yankee Stadium or Statue of Liberty. He's not going to all the sites. He's just. You get the sense that he's lost in a big city, Do but he, he doesn't have to go to Rays. <laughs> famous original race. He's, he's, he's lost he in the sense that his parents don't know where he is. Yeah, but like he has seems to know where he is. Like they did um, uh, Thirty Rock and Central Park, but you know you don't need like specific street corners and all that. Like oh, he's here, he's here. He's just lost in a big ass city, and I feel like they captured that a lot. I, I love this mm-hmm. movie. It, it's not as good as the first one for me upon my 100th viewing. Jeremy, what do you think? <laughs> Jeremy. So I I really love the Home Alone 1 and 2 franchise, and that's kind of where it sticks for me, even though there are other Home Alones out there that were done, you know, outside of what made Home Alone great. Um, I, like, I like the first one and the second one for their own merits. Uh, the first one, I mean, they're both the same movie. The first one, he is in his house, and you don't get these like sweeping camera angles and some some of the cinematography that you get out of the second one. Um, but I also liked the originality of the traps of the first one and how they kind of fit in with the overall theme of the the movie. The second one. I love the setting of New York. It plays out as if it's the house from the first one. Um, I love the cinematography of the second one, but I thought that like the, the traps at the end were very rushed and just like, we have to put traps in this. It's home alone too. Um, So there was, there's that, but 
I, I really I can't say that I like one over the other. I think they're both the exact same movies and they both have their own merits that they can stand on. But I really enjoy the Home Alone movies. I know that we goof on these any movie that we do on this show. Um, and there's always things to goof about movies because that's exactly what they are. They're, they're, they're movies. They're somebody's imagination put to screen. Um, but I really enjoy both these movies and I'm glad that, uh, that we got to review one. I doubt we would do it. I think this is the most, I think this is the farthest away from what our genre as a, <laughs> oh, yeah. as a podcast will get oh, yeah. because everybody has seen this movie except for Colin. <laughs> well, well now it's, now, now it's just a holiday gift. We just yeah. have to so, Okay, so yeah, it's, you, you guys are all you gave really, us the nuts. really into Home Alone 1 and 2. And there's 30 of these movies. Yeah, well, you don't need to watch any more of yeah. them. Have you seen them, though? I, I've seen I've seen the majority. Yeah. You, so you, you, you'll still watch them. If they come out with a new one, you, you might give it a shot, even like a, if it sucks. Yeah, yeah like a, more like background. Like, not like as like a, I'm going to sit down and like really watch this. But like... I mean, I've never Lamar, seen any of the Lamar, other Home Like, Alone. Lamar and I watched part <laughs> 3, like... 20 years ago while we we're doing other stuff yeah I, so I, like and it, it was not good and no I, longer I take this series seriously yeah <laughs> like I, I have no desire to go back to those movies like i've seen them I, I would never go back like like i do with home alone one and two I only watched that because i think french stewart was in it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that movie is bananas well not not to go too crazy with our super packed holiday deluxe double time episode mike what did you think home alone two uh, yeah i love this movie um I know at the beginning I said I think this is the better of the two. I, I'll retract that and say I think it's my favorite of the two to watch. But, like, I'm going to watch both of them every year anyway. But if I have to watch one of them twice, it's probably going to be this one. Oh, I'm going to watch this movie again, totally. I sure. just think it's, like, it's it's <laughs> yeah. kind of more... It's like Alien and Aliens. They're both yeah. great, but, right. like, oh, if I got to pick one to put on, I'm putting Aliens on. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. Right. So... Yeah, this movie just the brutality of the of like the traps at the end really gets me. Um, yeah, I mean the scenery is great. Kind of his being on his own, figuring things out is kind of fun. And I think when I was a kid, when I saw this like as a child, this was more fun for me because it it felt like more of an adventure than just kind of right. I don't know being trapped somewhere. So I, I don't know. Yeah, totally, totally. I, but, yeah, I, totally I mean, I honestly think that this could have been a trilogy of a franchise in that you're, you know, you're, you're a kid at home alone in a mansion. Mm -hmm. Then you're a, a kid like alone in like a big city. Parthra and then they country like, right, they yeah. could have been like internationally, like a different, <laughs> like a country. Like he gets trapped in like North Korea. In this movie, he, finally he's, he's in Paris. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's all this Paris talk. Yeah, number one, number one, that. half yeah. the family's in Paris. So he gets separated. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Lost. No, that'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, I do think the first one was probably a better made movie, um, you know, and obviously it was more original. And going back to John Williams, that scene in the first one where he's at the church and he, oh, yeah. the, the bell rings and he realizes what time it is and like the music transitions. Oh, the conversation oh, yeah. with the old man? Yeah, but like when that music transitions from like kind of slow key Christmas music to like that, like that. Yeah. like that scene still gets me fucking amped yeah. up. Yeah, every it's time like a I, scene of urgency. Yeah, mm. every time I hear that music, I'm like, fuck Yeah. Um, and like, there's no real scenes like that for me in the second one. Um, but even so, like the second one is just, it's a little more zany. Um, you know, Rob Schneider, Tim Curry is great. The massacre of the, uh, the, the burglars just, is just way better. The, fu the fucking bricks. <laughs> yeah. There are so many scenes in this movie that I still like, 
I, I lose it at. Have we talked about the electrocution scene? We, 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 we touched on it a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> the electrocution scene, the brick scene. God, there's just there's so many moments that I, I like LOL genuinely in this movie. And that's just after seeing it so many times, it always gets me. Well, the way the, I think the best way to leave off with this movie is one of the reasons I was so delighted that we we're going to cover this is this. I know, Colin, that you said, you know, you don't watch a lot of Christmas movies, but more Halloween. And I get it. For me, you know, movies like Home Alone 1, Home Alone 2, you know, you got uh, Christmas Vacation, you got A Christmas Story, you got a couple other newer movies on the list as well. Mike and I have a philosophy with a lot of films and how we view Christmas. Christmas doesn't have to be extraordinarily extravagant. It's not about all of this money. It's about always like a shared experience, good times. It's one of the reasons I said like in 2020, you know, Lamar and Mike and myself, you know, shared some whiskey. We ate some pie. My wife got like a moment of reprieve. We got to see each other like that's such a like a memorable moment for me. Uh, And that's why like I love these Christmas movies like you could be anywhere and just be like, ah, oh, I remember my, for me personally, I remember all of my family watching Home Alone together, laughing about this around the holidays, various other things. So it's kind of like a time capsule that I like to, you know, remember some good times for the holidays. And it's not like this expensive experience. You load up Home Alone, and it's like loading up a memory. It's like one of the same reasons I like having some, some of the same drinks, some of the same food over the holidays. So uh, it's one of the reasons we love covering movies. But as Jeremy noted, this movie is like, so far removed from what we normally do, but you know, some people haven't seen it, but it was just a ton of fun talking about it. That's the real present. We're going to continue on with presents to ourselves with uh, next week, uh, the last movie of the year. We're back with Schwarzenegger, 1999, end yes. of days. Uh, is it the end of days? Will there be more days? There's only one way to find out, <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Till next time. Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, Guys, I have presents for all of you. So off air, we could open some presents. Are they uh, the nuts of the season? The, everyone's <laughs> oh, getting man, some nuts of wait. the season. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, this extra long episode. Have fun. We just, uh, you know, we just really appreciate all of you listening and all of you who have written us online on social media, emails, stuff like that. Keep it up. Um, we just love doing this. We loved watching this movie. Uh, end of days will be fun and we'll, we have some movies lined up for 2024, which is crazy to say, but yeah, we'll be back with you. Uh, guys, I got some presents. Happy holidays. As always, rabbit troop sucks. Suck brick. RTS sucks. Suck brick. (laughs) How do you do? (laughs) Oh, (laughs) oh,